0: Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world it
1: needs men that
0: are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast.
2: By default,
1: ain't no thing like me, Stephanie.
2: Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. The map's coming. I When do we start? Hey, everyone. Welcome back.
3: This is 301. Hello there. Hello there. Let's- Yours was much worse than mine. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. I mean, on a scale of accents, we're both bad. Yeah. I wouldn't say mine's objectively horrid compared to yours. No,
2: I guess not. If that's the scale you're putting at as, like, the worst thing in the world versus, like, bad. So, no, you're fine. Thank you. Welcome to episode 301. I think.
3: I think. You think? This is our biggest episode ever. It is, and I get cut out of an hour. <laughs> <laughs> that's not my fault. It's not my fault either. I blame the internet.
2: So what we got going on this week, and there are time codes listed down below if you want to jump around. I'm also going to uh, reshuffle our normal order of things. Oh, okay. But we got the news. Yeah. The news of the week. Mm-hmm. We'll do sports reports. Okay. Then we're going to do Picard. Okay. We're going to do the Batman. Yes. And we're going to top this bad boy off with another hour of an interview with uh, TMT director Kevin Monroe. Mm. That you were almost a part of.
3: Almost a part of. I tried. <laughs> your internet killed it i don't know why my internet i think i figured it out afterwards because i my um my chromecast was still streaming so i think it was sucking up a lot of the bandwidth
2: yeah for whatever reason like you were not a part of this interview like we tried to do it three times with you and then i just kicked you out but literally oh. your internet was so poor it was
3: like i don't understand why it was doing what it was doing it was so
2: poor it would stop the recording for the rest of us so like we'd start it we'd go It'd be going fine, and then like your internet would like just shut down the f- the full thing. I yeah, don't know why. because
3: I was accidentally streaming 4K TV in the background into a TV that was turned off into a non 4K TV. No, my TV's 4K. Oh, is it? Yeah. You you shut your mouth when you're talking to me, sir. Okay, but your TV stand is made out of two by fours. Not true. It is true. It's made by one by. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually a converted. It's a converted hutch. I took the top off my hutch in my kitchen and made it into a TV stand it's so janky <laughs> whatever we got time codes listed down below do i look like i care i love my tv stand it's effective ish it's now become my cat's favorite perch i should buy him a cat tree
2: oh uh, okay so that and also your questions at the end like i said if you want to jump around you can because there's a lot to get to this week so we should just cut the preamble and go right to it fine i won't tell you what i watched this week i don't care what you watched this week i watched winning time oh i heard that was really good yeah uh no longer called showtime and now has a much worse title john c riley giving the opening monologue john c riley is great i mean you know adam mckay who is uh kind of noted basketball fan and then doing a basketball show I'm like oh yeah i'm all about this whatever yeah jerry west seems like an insane person in this is
3: jerry west an insane person i don't know i don't know you know what jerry west is most famously known for being a logo he is the logo (laughs) i was
2: like what else is he known for aside from a, a lengthy playing career
3: and he's the logo and now he's with the clippers doesn't matter he's the logo there are you a logo for anything i have a logo i paid for it are you personally your silhouette is it a logo for are something? you are you anything i am central <laughs> Maine's second largest podcast star <laughs> there we go <laughs> all right let's dive and you're third who's number one I don't know, somebody
2: better than us, but not by much. <laughs> All right, so let's dive straight into the... Uh, by the way, I did enjoy winning time. Let's dive into the news. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's time for the news. Hello there. Hello there. Duel of the Fates time, baby. Kenobi had its first trailer. Entertainment Weekly dropped some images earlier today. They're like, hey, for our final print run of Entertainment Weekly, which is now Entertainment Monthly, <laughs> well it's true they drop one a month and now they're yeah. done like for our last cover story here's kenobi and i'm like all right looks pretty cool okay it's mcgregor he's yeah. a fun guy he's right now he's telling me that i don't like stuff i'm like no i love stuff stuff is great i love stuff i want to just buy more stuff yeah and oh, i just don't like those
3: commercials <laughs> have you seen them which one? Oh, yes i've seen them <laughs> it's like
2: you regret not buying stuff i'm like i do regret not buying stuff i wish i had more money for stuff
3: i want to buy stuff Wish I was rich.
2: You're not rich. No, I'm. I'm solidly middle class. Nothing
3: wrong with that, except for my lack of stuff.
2: We're, we're not here to talk about my lack of stuff. No, I should have more stuff. I don't agree with your commercial. You and McGregor,
3: but you agree with him being Obi Wan Kenobi.
2: I do, because that what a silly thing is like to do almost a two minute trailer and just reveal him at like the last second. Like you know, we've seen this right like three times. Well, no, he's in
3: the beginning of the trailer too, from far away no he's pretty close up in the beginning like he's like on a a mid shot on one of those poo poo horses whatever he's on one and he's sitting on that little transport like a refugee like they're like moving around moss eisley leaving parts of tatooine
2: i mean the some of the fun stuff is like you get to see like a young luke just you know pretending to fly a ship he'll never never do that in his life
3: no he'll never he'll never reach for the stars he's gonna be too busy trying to get to tashi station
2: I mean, he does want those power converters. He
3: does, with that weird hat. (laughs) I do like little Luke. We get to see uh, Uncle Owen. Mm Mm-hmm. Somebody being hung in the town square of Moss Isley. Yeah, as you do. Uh, I didn't know that that was a form of capital punishment in the Outer Rim.
2: No, there's not enough moisture for any other kind of murder. I guess not. Great. But uh, we get to see a... As I say with basically every Star Wars show, because they all build off this now, I have not finished the Clone Wars. I'm on, like, season four. I've seen a good chunk of it, but we get to see an Inquisitor.
3: It's the Grand Inquisitor and the Fifth Brother.
2: Oh, yeah, because you know that from all of your Star Wars Clone Wars watching. Or do the
3: internet just tell you that? Well, also when I played um, Fallen uh, Fallen Order. Yeah. So, the Grand Inquisitor and the Inquisitors figure heavily the sisters. Yeah, that's all in there. I'm not there yet. Just with my own personal... It's a good game. Hard game. Takes forever, but it's a good game. I don't have a system that can play it. Well, it's fine. When I get my PS5, you can have both the game and the system for a reasonable price.
2: I won't offer you that much. I'll offer you more than GameStop.
3: But a reasonable price, nonetheless.
2: <laughs> so like $55? No. <laughs> It'll be more than you can get from like a
3: GameStop. Fair enough. Will it put gas in my car? Mm, not by much. Will it get me one gallon of gas? <laughs> It'll maybe get you a full tank. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know. I mean, he
2: look for as much like um as maligned as like the prequel trilogy is. Like the one thing that people seem to agree on is like, oh yeah, Ewan McGregor is great. Like he he's is. really solid. We like Ewan McGregor. We love Obi Wan Kenobi. We wanted more Obi Wan Kenobi from the get go. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, he looks cool. He looks awesome. Like, why not? Yeah, I'm all about. Like, I have no idea where the show is really going. And they didn't give us the stuff of like, here's how Hayden Christensen works in and all that, but it yeah.
3: Well, you got the breathing of Darth Vader at the end, duel of the fates, battle of the heroes, music cues. Still doesn't tell us anything. I want Liam Neeson as a force ghost. So do I. I think- Give me some Qui-Gon, baby. He has denied that he's in it, but I
2: feel like he is a bold-faced liar.
3: I mean, Andrew Garfield lied to us for two years. (laughs) The
2: poor bastard. He just (laughs) had to keep lying. No, 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 I'm not in it. So, a new series in development from Amazon. Okay. They're developing God of War into a TV series. Oh, no way. Sure, why not? I mean, Kratos is real sad. He killed his family, then he has another family, and then he's sad about his family.
3: Well, I mean, a person whose chosen profession is killing must be a sad individual.
2: Yeah, and, you know, he whatever i i'm not surprised at all that this very popular game series is getting an adaptation no i mean and there's nothing more than that right now so there's nothing to be like i feel like this about like like x or y or whatever it's like yeah it makes sense it's um it's a franchise that could definitely present like big action set pieces and it's also a show that could be like i'm sad about my dead family or my alive family whichever family I'm maybe a little surprised that it's not a movie versus a show, but Amazon seems to be very fine with putting a lot of money into whatever for television. Like, I mean, they're Lord of the Rings show, and we're just like, hey, you uh, basically pay us for everything, so sure. Yeah. Smacked your phone out of your hand. I know.
3: Well, I wanted to give you an opportunity. <laughs> and
2: then you went right back to it. Yeah.
3: Well, impressive. Thank you. Most impressive.
2: Uh, here's the thing I can't. Boy, I can't believe they keep doing this. Maggie and Negan are getting
3: a Walking Dead spinoff. I fell off the Walking Dead trailer years ago.
2: Yeah, there was. I might have fallen off like season like six. I, I
3: made know. it through like season one and a half.
2: Yeah, season two wasn't very good. No, there was. They did like this entire like arc of like we need to save this one character. I forget her name even. It was just like, and then they killed her immediately when they found her. I'm like, oh. This just isn't enjoyable. Like it's no. just it's sad and dour, and um, maybe as we'll talk about later in the show, I'm not a huge fan of sad and dour.
3: I don't need sad and dour in my life right now. Yeah. So, but
2: boy, this thing just keeps going. Oh, and I I will credit Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, there was this. I am like I said, I I fell off the Walking Dead. I mean, I, I don't even say relatively early, like maybe season five or six. So like I yeah. I gave it you know more than a chance. But I was working the show in Rhode Island, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan was supposed to be there, and there were people in line for, like, ten hours. And he, like, came in off of filming, and he signed stuff, and then he had to go do a panel, because that was just scheduled. But, like, people were, like, literally, like, passing out in line. What? And he (laughs) stayed... It's very legitimate. And some of, like, I was following on, like, the kind of social media of it, and people were just screaming, like... But he stayed there for, like, an extra, like, four hours to make sure that everyone who was in line got their stuff signed. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he really, um, like, as a person, like, really endeared himself to me. He's like, you know what, like, I came off this insane flight and this was, like, really shitty scheduling, but I am going to sit here and I am going to interact with every single person if I can.
3: Ten hours straight of doing anything is exhausting. So he,
2: I mean, for me, I was just like, oh, this is a dude that, like, really cares about, like, his fans and his fan base. And I, it was it was good to see like i mean the the scheduling was a total clusterfuck but mm, he nice. was he seemed to be great about it well good on him but also there's another walking dead spin-off i'm like my god how long i don't care because i'm not gonna watch it but i'm like how long does this go long enough it's gone on a very long time super bets yes another trailer had a trailer second trailer it's fun i think it's gonna be entertaining I don't, I'm not going to pay money to see it in theater. No. When it comes out to HBO
3: Max, I'll probably watch it there, but it'll be entertaining. It'll be, looks like it's going to be like a fun, heartwarming, charming little movie. I love Keanu, like later career Keanu,
2: who's just like doing like, you know, I'm doing silly things. like. What do you mean later? He did silly things early in his career. You ever see the movie Speed? (laughs) Look, we can list silly things Keanu did early on as well, but yes, Speed certainly being one of them or... Uh, point break. There you go. Oh, point break. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I had
3: to think about that. One. I am an FBI agent. The Replacements. That's a fun movie. Don't remember that one. It was the Football Strike movie. Oh, okay. Yes, I do remember that yes.
2: movie. <laughs> but he's just like, I have a deep, gravelly voice, and I'm just going to have some fun. And yeah, screw it. Do it. It looks entertaining enough. Like, it's, you know, it's probably not going to break the world with anything, but it looks fun. And we need fun. Fun is in short supply these
3: days, especially with Batman, apparently oh come on are you gonna are you gonna be dower on the dower batman i will have opinions oh well you always have opinions i have to
2: tell you my opinions aren't even that strong it's like it's fine spoiler for my opinions all right well we'll get to that (laughs) later it's fine i mean (laughs) it's silly to say but it's like uh the rocks character of crypto the super dog where he's just like so condescending like i just want to
3: punch that dog (laughs) he's so annoying i can't believe you want to punch a dog well you know he doesn't walk he flies like gonna punch you dog you tell me if kirby could fly he wouldn't be excited you'd be like look at my dog he flies
2: i think my dog could fly with confidence i think he would uh fly with the need to be accepted he's scared by his tail <laughs> yeah <laughs> but whatever this movie looks fun it's, it doesn't look like anything big but it just looks like hey we're gonna have some fun and i am all about having some fun in a movie
3: true you are how about you the batman you about some fun we're not there yet it's not it's not about the fun well that's what you if you expect to go into that movie for fun i
2: can't believe kids were watching that movie well
3: they were hey do you like the movie
2: based on the book in a remake of a charlotte has thing? i am legend do you remember that
3: 2007 movie the, yes i also see all the memes now where we're at i am legend gas prices i have not seen that but i that, believe you that meme is out there it exists but yes will smith i am legend yeah it's coming back for a sequel baby what well he died or, yeah. or did he yeah. he's in it and also wow. michael b jordan's there interesting what is it? i am legend too he is legend we are legend i am also a legend now a myth i am double legend yeah legends of the hidden temple
2: no that's a different thing oh, okay this was anyone asking for this not that i'm aware of it's one of those movies the internet will tell you like up and down if you go like worst like movie endings like deleted scenes saved or whatever like there is a deleted scene where they kind of explain explained that like oh the, the vampires aren't really evil and maybe will smith just stopped killing them but yeah he died he did or did he and it wasn't that good the movie was okay
3: yeah it was okay I feel
2: like that movie is best known for like oh it had a teaser billboard for a Batman V Superman movie yeah at the end of the world we survived that <laughs> yeah, we just had to watch that but um I don't it's fine it's just weird. It's not even weird timing. It's just like, who wanted this? Who was asking for this? Like, and how much of an impact did this movie really make to like
3: deserve a sequel fifteen years later? Well, people are gonna pay to go see it. So, are they? They? I, I would think that they wouldn't be making it if they didn't think they could make money on it
2: just weird. It's a weird choice. It's it's so far removed from anything. Are they going to acknowledge like the original ending, or are they going to acknowledge like the DVD ending because that's the one that people like more? Which would be weird, but I don't know. It just, um It's a weird choice. No, yeah. but I mean, I like Will Smith. I like Michael B. Jordan.
3: You like vampires and zombies and apocalypses, I suppose.
2: Yeah, I guess if you're asking me about a bunch of elements that I like, then yeah, they're all there. But it's a weird choice. Eh. I can't speak as to why they're doing it, other than good luck. Next will be the sequel to the Will Smith movie. Like The next year was like, I'm a drunk Superman. Wild
3: Wild West? No, that wasn't it. <laughs> I know. That that was um, wasn't Hancock. That
2: oh, thank you, Hancock. I, I wasn't even going to get there.
3: Jason Bateman was in that movie.
2: I don't remember. Oh, okay. I, well, I saw fine. it once in theaters. Haven't seen it since. And then in comics news, let's do a, bit of a little comics. Okay. For Spider-Man number 900, amazing Spider-Man number 900, mm-hmm. to clarify, he will be fighting the sinister adaptoid someone who has the powers of all the Sinister six sinister six mixed into one wow sure i, I it's gonna be done by uh zeb wells and main artist ed mcginnis for all the people that get, like credit as like being main artist i don't think ed mcginnis gets this as much yeah he's up in bangor or bangor area
3: the greater the area around the queen city yes but sure i, word I, a while. I, I
2: I feel like Spider-Man 800 didn't really get that much pump and circumstance. 700 did. That was like, we're going to kill him, and now he's Dr. Octopus. But 900, sure. Yeah. Do it. Make it the Sinister Six big old villain with the main artist. I don't have a lot more to say on that. It's just kind of like, yeah, do it. So from Will Smith being a legend to the legend Aaron Rodgers returning for a four-year deal? Too many years. Wow. We're going to move on
3: to Jared sports reports. Yeah, $50 million a year. Ugh.
2: He's running down the middle by the
0: 50. He's at the 30. Big. Tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and
2: they tackle him at the 40-yard line. It's time for another Jared Sports Report.
3: Uh, Yeah, so big news out of the NFL. Aaron Rodgers announced on the Pat McAfee show, where he has made splashes before, he is going to return to the Green Bay Packers for four years, $200 million, the highest paid player in NFL history. I mean, I see why he's doing it. Why not? Yeah, if they're going to pay that money. So you had that happen. Russell Wilson was traded to the Denver Broncos. Carson Wentz just got traded today. Oh, where is he going? Uh, I believe he's going to Philadelphia. Wait, he's going back to Philadelphia? Uh, maybe not. Hold on. But no, he's been traded from the Colts. So lots of free agent moves happening in the NFL. Oh, no, sorry. He's going to Washington. He's going to the Commanders, the Washington Commanders. So same
2: Okay, so same division, different team.
3: Yeah, as this one tweet. That's why why I thought Eagles. This one tweeter Annie Egar, who's a uh, NFL um, analyst. This is great news for the Eagles. They'll be catching passes from Carson Wentz again. <laughs> so there you go. He's now now a member of the Commanders. There you go. I'm, to, I'm looking. I was double checking my <laughs> NFL news. Okay. <laughs> Struck your phone again. You violent beast of a man. Said nobody ever. The Patriots haven't really made too many splashes. They are. They released Kyle Van Noy to create some uh, uh, cap space. So there was that uh, aspect of things. The combine happened. It finished. Oh, the see, that's what I was looking to remember his name. Soon to be former NFL receiver. Yes, Calvin Ridley. He got suspended for one year for betting on games when he was out. And they weren't even his games, I believe. So he gets a one-year suspension from the NFL. People were thinking, oh, we could get Calvin Ridley in New England. Well, no, you're not going to get him anywhere. So no Calvin Ridley in the NFL this year. The owners and uh, Major League Baseball Players Union continue to have some forms of talks. They talked about eliminating the shift so you, can, you can't you can move players around defensively as aggressively and also making the bases bigger. Those are two topics that they've worked on. So you have that. And, yeah, that's about it for the moment. Bruins are doing well. Uh, Bruins. Bruins are doing fine. I really kept pace with them. But the Celtics... Hottest team in the NBA. If the finals started today, they'd kick everyone's ass. Yeah. Jason Tatum, Player of the Week. He
2: was indeed, after going head-to-head with John Morant and then head-to-head with Kevin Durant.
3: Scoring 50 points like it's job i think it's 54 was it 54 well he's breaking 50
2: regularly so yeah tying him with the uh, celtic to make the most 50 point regular season games the other celtic be larry bird would be larry bird but tatum has also scored 50 points in the play-in tournament and 50 points in the playoffs so overall um he's kind of one of the most important celtics players of all time he's certainly working his way into that conversation uh he's missing that ring but hey we're I know. Last week, I'm like five thirty-eight. They have the Celtics as the favorite. I'm not ready to buy in. You know what? After the last week, I'm buying in. We're there, baby. You're buying I, in. I am willing to put a small amount of cold, hard cash down on their championship-level
3: ability. What are the current odds on the Celtics winning the championship? It's like nineteen percent. No, I mean like betting odds. I'm sorry, I gave you a different odd. I mean, it was
2: that Nets game was great. It was so cool to see him go head to head with Durant, and you know. Uh, no one likes Kyrie, and he uh, definitely had a pre-prepared answer of like, "What about the booze, Kyrie?" It's like it's like an ex-girlfriend being scorned who wants to text back to why I left.
3: It's a three-way tie at the top for current odds to be the NBA champion. It's the Suns, the Warriors, and the Nets with the most recent odds at plus 450 it's not gonna be the nets
2: it's not gonna be the warriors either not unless draymond comes celtics, back are, unless...
3: celtics are plus at 1800
2: it, it depends on who
3: you oh here we go on the uh on vegas insider the celtics plus 1860 so they're not quite they're phoenix at plus 427
2: i don't believe in phoenix i think they're a wonderful regular season team i don't think that they can push beyond what they are that's fair i'm all for it banner 18 this year if someone wants to bet if a single person wants to bet me a hundred dollars, I will take your one hundred dollar bet. Never uh
3: know. let's see. So a yeah, so plus what I say, plus eighteen hundred. So if you put a hundred dollars down on the Celtics right now and they win it all, you'd make eighteen hundred bucks. I would do it. Wouldn't have sports betting in Maine though. No. But you could go to New Hampshire. I'm going to New Hampshire next week. I can stop off and make a bet for you if you want. I would ac- I would absolutely do that. You would absolutely give me a hundred bucks to put down on the Celtics? Yes, definitely. Wow you're that confident you put 100 on the celtics right now
2: Hundred, like is it gonna make or break me but yes i would do 100 dollars. oh
3: you'd make plus 1800 so you'd be yeah you'd make 1800 bucks on it but you could pay like 17 something because it's you gotta get your money back yeah, i'm
2: aware but uh, they looking sexy though
3: it's good there you go it's good stuff i'm all about it i'm bought in money line betting baby understanding how it works like
2: other stuff happened in the NBA. I don't care. They're not as good. Not as good as the Celtics. The hottest team in the league.
3: I can't wait until we get like a month later, two months later, and we revisit this conversation. I'm not doubting them by any stretch of the imagination.
2: I've been there for every game. <laughs> but what
3: what have I always told you? What have I always told you and it's played out yet again? Doesn't start till Christmas? Yes. And what has happened since Christmas to the Celtics? It wasn't Christmas. To the moon! <laughs> to the
2: moon! Does the all-star break?
3: Whatever. Close enough. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm feeling good, though. It, 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 it kind of, yeah. It's a good-looking mix.
3: We'll see. All right. Is that it for sports? I can't think of anything else in sports reports at the moment. In baseball is not happening. Uh, at the moment, no. All right. So we're going to move on from there to this week in video game
2: history. Superhero landing coming up. This week in video game history. Speaking of sure short works. 1990. Yes. The U.S. Court of Appeals allows Nintendo to sue retailers who are selling unauthorized cartridges. Oh, wow. <laughs> Monopoly. Well, yeah, so if you're, pl- you know, selling, I don't know, those Bible games that were out on, like, light blue cartridges, look out. Nintendo's coming for you. Wow. Bullies. In the 1990s. I can't, I can't help it. That's what they're doing. Mm. In 2001, this game came out on the N64. Where, where did the trivia part of the show now? Okay. Can you name the game where uh, you uh, were a foul-mouthed
3: chipmunk and you fought a giant singing pile of shit? A foul-mouthed chipmunk? Oh, that rules out Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Yeah. Foul-mouthed chipmunk fighting a pile of excrement? Yes, that sings. A singing pile of... uh, Was it uh, like a South Park game? I'm sorry, it was Conker's Bad Fur Day. What? Uh, I don't
2: even know that game. Oh my god, you should know that game. That game's amazing. Nope. Don't know it. It's incredible. All right, well, I don't get a point. In 2007, 2008, and 2011, this game was released uh, that you used to play basically every
3: day and would lose. Uh that would probably be uh to be the beginning of the MVP baseball, like MVP. That oh, was MVP, sorry. I, yes Sorry, my wrong game. MLB. MLB, yeah. yeah MLB. the show. The show, yeah. The show, yeah. So that
2: Yeah. Was that the one you would play, like, basically every day and lose every that day? That was MVP. But, yeah. My, my mistake. 05. But this was 2007, 2008, and 2011. This game came out the same uh, okay. week.
3: Yeah. No, day. there was two different, because I think uh, MVP was um, EA Sports, and the show was, like, 989 Studios or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. But there's still the show. That still goes. That's the game now. Great. 2008.
2: 2008. If you had a Wii, this was your fighter. The third series, uh, the third game in this series of fighting Nintendo games.
3: Would it be Smash Brothers? Give me one more word. Smash Brothers Ultimate? Ah, you're so close. Smash Brothers Deluxe. Brawl. No, you don't get a bell. Sorry, that was the dog. He did it. It was get <laughs> came over. A bell. And...
2: For Super Smash Brothers Brawl came out in 2008. It was huge. Huge. Who didn't like Smash Brothers? I loved Smash Brothers. I liked being pit. I was just spinning my little swords knocking it out of there i like being link twirly 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 bits
3: don't say twirly bits
2: again i'll say it as much as i want all right fine 2009 hey you know what was done xbox said explicitly after halo 3 there were no more halo games
3: that's they made another halo yeah they made
2: halo wars in 2009 Uh (laughs) so you know two years later they're like oops another one yeah here we go more halo in 2010 uh one of my least favorite games of all time i didn't finish it but i committed a lot of time to it is it a Final Fantasy it, game? It is final a Final Fantasy game. Now you just have to guess the number. 13. Good guess. Exactly right. <laughs> get away from the bell. Yeah, Final Fantasy 13 came out. I hate this game. I really hate it. I put a lot of time into it.
3: It's awful. Didn't have the boss that you couldn't beat and you just said, well, I'm not going to get by that. You spent like an, like several hours on this one boss and you couldn't do it. And you're like, I'm done. Poss- I don't remember that specifically, but I'm not saying it
2: didn't happen. <laughs> Fair enough. It totally could have. There's definitely one Final Fantasy game where, like, it was a 45-minute, like, final... It was the one on the PSP. It was, like, Final Fantasy VII-something. Something. And I, I literally spent 45 minutes on it. I'm like, if I lose this fight, like, I'm not going back. Like, I'm not... <laughs> like, it's the final thing, but I'm not dedicating another 45 minutes to this. And I won that one. Good but, for you. Uh, final Fantasy thirteen is a terrible piece of crap, and it got me off the series. I haven't played a Final Fantasy since then. All right. It was really for a franchise that I liked... Uh, this one was so bad, I haven't returned. Mm, 2012, uh, not a series I played, but one that a ton of people liked. An RPG? Whatever, it's Mass Effect 3. Mass Effect 3 came out. Everyone loved it. Everyone loves Mass Effect. Mm. I just never did it. Not for any particular reason, just it passed me by. It happens to the best of us. M- nothing more than that. You ever play a Mass Effect? I have not. And then 2017, two things happened. Okay. The Nintendo Switch was released on in 2017, this day week year wow the switch rocks i love my switch
3: you you do you can't always figure out how to get the controllers to work for multiple <laughs> controllers <laughs> i had to play tech mobile sideways the other night that was your own fault i still shut you out <laughs> <laughs> and then also uh zelda breath of the wild came out
2: oh one of the biggest games there's a sequel coming uh it's a very enjoyable massive game some of the puzzles uh don't fully work and i don't really love the cooking aspect of it but God damn, it's a good game. I love to cook. I love to eat food. I love all things related to food. (laughs) It's just weird, but it is you know probably one of if not the best games on the Switch, and it's you know it's fantastic. I have not, aside from the cooking aspect of it, and also there's a couple of puzzles where like some of the controllers just don't work. Whatever. It's it's incredible game. It's a masterpiece. Whatever. Breath of the Wild came out. All right, all right. That's it for this week in video game history. Yes, we're gonna move on from there to the Batman. No, not yet.
3: we're gonna be screaming at streaming oh my gosh i forgot about this holy cow yeah it's a packed show i know huge i told you this is our biggest show of all time longest show of all time probably
2: could be that too yes we're gonna be talking star trek picard season two episode one the stargazer Mm.
3: so you're saying the universe created a sitcom starring two avengers
2: nope we're screaming at streaming
0: so let's not waste another minute.
1: Settle in, sharpen
2: your pencils, and check this out. For this one, full spoilers. Yeah, it's well, been well, out well, for like a week now. When do we do the Batman? We'll break it up into non-spoilers and spoilers. For this one, full spoilers. They
3: tricked me. Hello, Guinan. How sure. Do they, how do they trick you?
2: Uh, well, it was an intentional trick. When they start playing the mu- like the Next Generation music, and they start showing the ship, and you're
3: like, <gasps> No, no. Is it the Enterprise? No, it's not. No, you. <laughs> How how did you fall for that? They I got you once with that already in the opening of season one.
2: Well, that was the it was just a dream enterprise, but still but this one is yeah. like no, it's 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 the Stargazer. Yeah, it was it's well, an the updated Stargazer. The new
3: Stargazer. Stargazer two Notice how it doesn't have a letter like A, just has a longer a longer designation. They did trick me for a second with that. I'm like,
2: is yes. it? Like, nah, it's not.
3: No. But what we learn about the new Stargazer and all of Starfleet is they've incorporated Borg technology. Seems like a bad idea seems like a very very bad idea you're number one enemy and you're going to incorporate their technology into your ship a doodle yeah that's uh it's gonna backfire in a big way i do like how all of the cast um something this show
2: does well and also i f- i feel hurts it a little bit is it does a very good job of going off of last season moving characters into roles that would naturally fit them like oh this makes a lot of like organic sense like so we get like a new captain and like seven of nines doing her own thing and there's all the stuff with like the androids and even picard like taking over the academy like everything feels like a very natural progression of where these characters would go yes but then they're like immediately bending over backwards of like and how do we get them all back together oh in a very man. unnatural way they're
3: spread all across the galaxy and we're gonna send them all to the same place at the same time Yeah, so these seven people have yeah. to be there all at once like otherwise uh, the fate of the universe hangs in the balance if they're not all in the same place at the same time
2: do you know what i mean that was like they seemed to have a very i liked where they all were but just getting them to get back together I was like okay
3: also i will say for as much as i love star trek there's always this plot convenience point of like we need to send our best per like like it was always Kirk like Kirk was the only person around like he was like name dropped same thing here with the space anomaly we only want to talk to Picard it's like what if he was dead what if Picard's like no I don't want to go or like how in every Next Generation movie it's like oh we got Worf
2: back yeah from- why who who cares he's he's, he's here, here now. yeah <laughs> there we go if you haven't
3: been watching Team Space Nine yeah fuck it who cares it's yeah, just- Worf <laughs> well at least in in first contact like it made sense how they got him there he was with the defiant like the defiant would be there
2: yeah but it was, insurrection was the one where they literally were like mr warf what are you doing here and then someone interrupts
3: him and they went okay well he's here now cool we got warf yeah he's just like <laughs> i was in the neighborhood <laughs> why not yeah a bad movie though so not a good movie
2: whatever there's some things that i love and hate about this episode like there's the immediate like hand-waving so fast of like oh hey we got old next generation cast members in here that are timeless beings why do they look old well we're going to explain it real fast and move on
3: yeah kind of like i just chose to age so i look like humans
2: yeah no i just do that and
3: q's like oh i I guess i'll catch up snap that was also so silly like q's was funnier though q's made more q sense like that's a Q Q thing to to do to
2: me i think q would probably like to hold it over picard that like he looks younger but i also understand that it's a you know pricey to de-age i mean
3: they did a really good job de-aging him for the 30 seconds he was on d8 not even like 15 seconds of de-aged yeah he
2: looks good i mean like for his age he looks really good yes he does let me some john delance he just he has such a a distinct voice i love it oh yeah and i can't wait for more i'm like I, i saw like like a 45 second clip of the next episode and just like him and picard going at it and it's just just two dudes with like really distinct, like yes. iconic voices. Like I know what Patrick Stewart sounds like. I know what John Delancey sounds like. They just sound like you know two great tastes that taste I, great together.
3: I love the part of like Picard there, and he hears Q's voice. He goes, "No, no, no, no!" It's like he's just like you just like you've got to be kidding me. The trial never ends. The trial never ends. It's right. I love it. Oh, yeah, no, I know. Mon was... Capitan. Such a uh such an iconic character. I'm excited to see what they do with him.
2: And uh, the big thing, so we're going to see some childhood trauma from Picard, which we're relatively unaware of. Yes, but the big mystery they're uh, setting up in this episode is who is the Borg Queen.
3: No idea. Geordi. Yes, it's Geordi. It was Geordi all along. Well, didn't you say you think it's going to be seven of nine? I yeah. That's. I have some like
2: fun, like cra- crazier theories because Beverly. It'd be fun if it was uh, Crusher, but it's not gonna be. It's the Traveler, Wesley. <laughs> That'd be wild if it was the Traveler. I yeah, I think it's gonna be seven of nine. I mean, this whole season is gonna be about why doesn't Picard bone more? Well, I mean, he's old. It's probably one of the reasons at this point. But yeah, yeah. But if we're just talking about like creating connections and whatnot, and you know, even. Though the Borg queen is saying, like, things that the mother said, like, I let's go with
3: the assumption that when he was, you know, Locutus, that his memories were uploaded yeah, into they, the consciousness. Those don't need to assume. They even said, like, his, you know, his memories and his consciousness are now part of our collective, like yeah they know they got files on it somewhere so
2: i i bet it's gonna be seven of nine because there's no reason to like we're gonna see the old school borg queen i think we're gonna see at least two borg queens within the series borg queen fight and i bet it's gonna be seven of nine if i had to take a stab in the dark we'll see if i'm right or not i like it good guess i don't have any yet dr crusher i did put it out on twitter just in case i'm like if i'm right ooh, here's here's <laughs> i just did it to do like, what if, if it's lore
3: <laughs> it's not gonna be lore why not I don't remember what happened to Lore. What happened to Lore? Is, probably died. They they dissemb- disassembled him and sent him, like it could be Lore. Lore had a connection with the Borg.
2: He did have a connection with the Borg, you're right.
3: So it could be Lore. Alright. Mark it down. March 9th, 2022. I'm saying maybe Lore. Hey, Brent Spiner's on there, so hey. Mm.
2: Alright,
3: we're gonna move on from there to our review of the Batsman. I'm the best that at what I do. But what I do best isn't very nice it's
2: time for an editor's note podcast review non-spoilers first if you want to like i said at the top of the show if you want to jump around there are time codes listed down below if you want to avoid anything yes but let's just talk the batman matt reeves the batman with the robert pattinson
3: yes the robert pattinson i liked it i'm gonna say right up front i enjoyed it i thought it was a different take on batman i've been able to free myself of thinking that all the batmans have to be connected there can be different takes on batman just like there are different comic book runs of batman there are different story arcs for batman and i say it's fine i like (laughs) that like we're seeing him learn how to be batman and how he's just like all consumed with it and his journey from like you know instead of just being vengeance like being a symbol and being more than just somebody who goes out in the middle of the night and tries to beat up criminals
2: i do like a thing that they do um with the bat signal is they they introduce it and they do these shots like, "Hey, bat signals on," so you know he's out. And like, there are all these shots about like like dark corridors, and everyone's like, "Is, yeah. he, is, is he down that dark?" Maybe corner? I don't want to go that way. No, I'm not gonna do a crime right now. No, because no, he it's not. might
3: be there. Yeah, he might just be there. I liked. I don't know. I I thought it was an interesting take. I'm wondering also, like, is it always raining in Gotham? Is Gotham actually Seattle now? Like. Yeah, Gotham has a lot of a lot of rain. A lot of rain, there's
2: a lot of flickering lights, and as we learn later in the movie, like babies are dying in the cold. Like, I guess you guys just have utility issues.
3: That's what you whispered during the movie. You're like, <laughs> one thing I've picked up,
2: Gotham has bad utilities. Yeah, and your fl- your flickering lights and your functional buildings are babies are freezing, like, I don't know.
3: But we clearly have also like this is a different universe than the last couple of Batmans that we've had. Like it's not going to be the same, but
2: somehow this like saddest, just the most dour.
3: Yeah, but it's still it's young Batman. He's still like coming into his own as to who he is and what his what it means to be Bruce Wayne and Batman.
2: I've seen arguments like that, like oh, like the next movie he's going to be like something different. But this was a three hour movie, and I don't
3: dislike this movie.
2: One, I want to be able to like not have to pee in the middle of it.
3: Well, that was your fault for drinking all that tea at the buffet. Yeah. It's true it was.
2: But it's just it's so dour and it's so long and it's just not fun. And something that I want in my Batman that we really haven't gotten, and I feel weird like defending like these movies, like the Joel Schumacher movies are objectively like not good. But at least they understood that like, you know what? Batman does kind of enjoy doing this. There are there's there is a darkness there. There is a a sadness there is a dourness to it but at the same time sometimes he just likes to beat ass and he's gonna crack a smile
3: doing it not every time but sometimes i I think again that's like the development of the character like he's learning how to be batman but if you're you're giving me three hours though he had a couple of good quips in it it's like i'm
2: not asking him to quip i'm just saying like don't act like you're like deeply depressed the entire time like i don't like him I don't like that Batman. He doesn't like himself. Al-
3: Alfred doesn't even seem to like him. Like he he's just kind but of a shithead. It's the growing process. Like he just thinks all of a sudden but I need to this is how I'm going to enact change. He's learning that no, you don't need to be a shithead to enact change.
2: But I don't believe that because this movie goes out of its way to say like hey, he's been doing this for about 2 years now mm-hmm. and he still kind of sucks. Like you can't tell like if I understand why you skip the origin.
3: Yeah, how long did it take you to get good at something like being a crime-fighting vigilante?
2: <laughs> hmm? I just, if you're skipping the origin and saying like, oh, he's already like grown into this thing, then he still has to have an arc, but it doesn't still have to be like, I'm wearing t-shirts that don't fit and I'm wearing the Matrix sunglasses and I'm just pouty and no one wants to be around me. I don't. He actually
3: did some detective shit in this, though.
2: I like that. I like that aspect of it. But He I is still... the world's
3: greatest detective, and he actually does some detecting. Yeah, except he's an idiot, and I figured out like all the clues like 30 minutes before him. He's learning how to be the world's greatest detective. Oh, good. So the cops are all idiots, too. <laughs> they always have been in, in Gotham, have they not? Except for Jim Gordon.
2: I feel like I'm like crapping on this movie. I think this movie has more good than bad. There are th- uh, aspects that I like about it. I like that he is... Um... He's not fully there for me, but I like that he's a little bit more of an acrobatic Batman. Like that, he's gonna like be swinging on a you know a wire and like doing crazy flips and whatnot. Because that's a little bit more Batman. And sometimes he has these, like these very epic entrances, and then other times he has these very like nondescript entrances where he's like, "I'm gonna knock on a door." I like that. <laughs> Hello, can you let me in? I'm the Batman.
3: I like that he had the right mix. I thought of stuff that was like really like good cutting edge technology but also there's still like a very homemade aspect to a lot of things like his grappling gun super weird and homemade like he just i don't know i like i liked it i thought it was fun i think that robert pattinson did a good job with the character see i didn't like him i just
2: i found him too unlikable and i found him to be kind of impenetrable as no about like it was very like one note i'm just standing here and i'm not emoting
3: no i would disagree especially when he's talking to catwoman about like don't throw your life away and he has that one hard uh, fast rule he's not gonna kill and he's like really i think that there you see the evolution of that character through the film just to open up the
2: conversation a little bit more especially around the catwoman stuff because i will say for as much as i did not it's not that i even disliked him i just didn't fall in love with the idea of robert pattinson as batman zoe kravitz as catwoman is amazing
3: Oh, she is fantastic.
2: She, I think she's kind of the show stealer of the whole movie. Uh, Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon is great. Paul Dano as the Riddler is um fucked. Well, he's supposed to be like Zodiac Killer like and oh my guys. I don't we'll talk about him in a minute cuz I I do not like that approach. But let's um let's just take that as non-spoilers just so we can kind of open up the conversation okay. a little
3: bit and move on to spoilers for The Batman. So on our patented rating system, though, because we gotta we gotta oh, rate the movie sure. for uh, people I, that I would st- like. I don't love it, but I'm still glad we saw it in theaters. So would you say see it in theaters, stream it, or I still say
2: see it in theaters unless you have a small bladder and then wait.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna say see it in theaters as well.
2: Bladder depending,
3: yes. I knew I wasn't going to make it through that movie. You left in the first five minutes to pee. Like, you left, like, right in the opening credits to pee. No,
2: I left right before it started up, and then I had to leave, like, two and a half hours in. It's
3: true. Look out! There's spoilers ahead! All right, let's talk about The Riddler. Um, Awful just awful why because he wasn't in green spandex and
2: no because they made him a weird incel and there's a point of like doing batman where i i don't care uh, uh, this goes with really any superhero movie i don't care about grounding it like these are guys in costumes running around doing crazy things you don't need to tie it to the real world and making the riddler some weird like incel on 4chan who's just and trying like to a like, homicidal maniac and the idea of like, even with modern day shooters, and you'll see some like people who are just trying to get attention and all that. I'm like, this is too real world and it's not fun, and I don't want that in my you know, it's a guy who's leaving riddles around. And also, Paul Dano's performance, who doesn't get a ton of screen time, he's mostly behind a mask, and then he yeah. has one scene. Without it. Where they do have a good fake out where he keeps on going, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne. And I'm like, oh my God, he knows. And then it turns out he doesn't. But he's trying so hard to be Heath Ledger. And it's insufferable. It's a terrible performance. It's so over the top. I don't need to hear him singing Ave Maria. Like, what is happening? Yeah. For all the things in this movie. And I do think this movie has more good than bad. Paul Dano is not one of the good parts of this. No? And I also don't understand, and they did this in the trailers, and they did this in the movie as well, of like waiting for the reveal of what he looks like. You know what he looks like? He looks like Paul Dano. He looks like Paul Dano he wearing just, glasses. He yes. just looks like a guy. I don't know why you're doing this like slow reveal of who he is. I, of all the things in this movie, I did not like the Riddler. You didn't? Oh, well, I think I've made that clear. But there's other great stuff in this. Like Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman is incredible. Like I like her motivation. I like where she's at. I like the performance. I think um physically she really works. Like she's killing it. She's the highlight of the movie for me.
3: I, I liked her motivations in this. I like the the ties back to like why she feels like she needs to be the way she is. Here's a weird thing.
2: her mom died uh, either the year of or the year before like the Catwoman, Halle Berry movie came out. I'm like, was that intentional? I don't know. That's when Catwoman died. When Halle Berry did it, there there was a couple of small references and there to um past stuff. I'm I don't really notice it until we were watching the movie, but I feel like the nose on the Robert Pattinson bat suit was very Adam West inspired, but just colored differently. And there was also within um, Wayne Tower or whatever it was, like Andy Serkis when he's on the phone, he's standing in front of a bust. I'm like, is that a William Shakespeare?
3: William Shakespeare bust? Maybe, could be. I mean, it makes sense to be in a, you know, in a fancy Wayne Tower apartment. This movie also had a couple of swerves in it. Like, it made you think that they killed Alfred.
2: I wasn't that worried about that but then oh God, this goes to like he's such an unlikable batman like alfred wakes up he's like you lied to me forever blah, blah,
3: blah. well i mean he remember he's like, not he like he almost died man he took a bomb yeah with your name on it but the other piece to that too is like again you're thinking about well an established batman wouldn't do it but uh an angsty young batman trying to figure this shit out might lash out that way he hasn't he hasn't learned to become and control the master of his emotions yet true you know because he does that one thing where he takes a drill and this literally happened twice
2: in the movie and it was not intentional i laughed at it when it wasn't meant to be funny
3: oh yes you did chuckle a couple of times <laughs> One of the,
2: i do it's one of them i appreciate it but it also looks so silly it's like yes we acknowledge that he has you know underneath the cowl he's applying eye makeup like but there's this one scene where he's going into the iceberg lounge. So by the way, I love that they use the term the iceberg lounge. And like, mm-hmm. did it with like no sense of irony. It was just like, hey, this is thing in this world. I'm going like, to love that. But he comes, like, whipping around a corner and he has full raccoon eyes, like, in a baseball cap. And I just started laughing because it looked
3: so silly. But I loved it. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to sneak into this club like this. <laughs> he just had the
2: full. I raccoon love the eyes. ongoing
3: gag with the two door guys. Yeah, just kept on getting beat up. And then he sneaks in one time. Yeah no but the other swerve was making you think that the riddler knew who batman was yeah i just said that yeah but i did i wanted to say <laughs> all it all right too. Fine, you say it too yeah did you believe but you actually kind of i fell for it and you kind of fell for it oh, a little I, bit too i
2: 100 fell for it and i totally thought that's the, the direction they were going the, yeah he knew who he was and i was fine with that but it, no i, I like that was a good fake out that was a definitely good fake out that was uh you know, for as much as I do not like that, like one extended scene with the Riddler. Yeah, where I'm, you know, my eyes are rolling in the back of my like, head. What did you do?
3: It was the, that was the where's the trigger Love moment. It,
2: Maria. Shut up! No. Shut up! It.
3: No, no, no. That's you. You ruined it. No, it ruined itself. Whatever. It's a dumb scene. In general, though, I I really enjoyed the movie. I like the different things. Yeah, they give you the Joker tease because that's what they they wouldn't be a Batman movie without a Joker tease. But. I thought it was a different, grittier take. It was meant to be a grittier take. It yeah. felt more
2: like. So one thing that was cut from this movie is there is apparently a scene where Batman goes to Arkham to talk to the Joker, really to try and figure out what the Riddler is doing. That was fully cut. Clearly, wow. We we get some like loose shots of the Joker and like he looks all screwed up in the face. Well,
3: as I mean, we are, yes, as one one has a tendency but to appa- be. Yeah,
2: apparently uh, there's an entire scene that will be released at some point of showing those two characters like showing that they have a history that like batman has already locked him up in arkham which makes sense from even what we saw like in the theatrical version like yeah if he's in there batman probably put him there
3: yeah would you say knowing batman as deep as you did did you find some interesting how they dove deeper into some of the mythos like the arkham family and the wayne family and no
2: that stuff's been done um what's funny, but never on the big screen no but i mean something it's not even that old of a thing like going back to like 2011 i think there was this whole thing of like arkham or um gotham is really built on like three rich families like the arkhams the waynes and the cobblepots yeah and clearly uh the Colin like cobblepot in this is not part of any kind of upper echelon of wealth although colin farrell in this is great oh yeah
3: i mean you yeah. keep forgetting that it's colin farrell the makeup is so good yeah, he looks fantastic,
2: and he's given a like really unique performance. He's pro- he's really one of my favorite actors. He's so good in like the majority of stuff that he does. Bullseye! Hey, at least he bought into that. Silliness. He did. <laughs> Can't say he didn't. But he's great. Like everything I see him in, he's just so solid. I really enjoy him quite a lot. And he was great in this. I mean then you get like John Turturro, who he's just being John Turturro. But you know that's a great role. Yeah, he's, re- he's really good at doing that thing of kind of hitting that sinister tone. He's great. Andy Serkis' is Alfred. Uh, I enjoyed. He's de- he's definitely a, a gruffer one, and but I also again I don't think I don't know if he even really likes Bruce in this. He's like <laughs> I think it's. I guess again, I have to deal with you.
3: Well, again, I think it's that sense of duty that Alfred always has, and the growing and the learning of who Batman is and should be. What about? I mean, the shot. It was. This was not my original phrasing. This came from a friend who watched it. The shot of Batman leading everyone out of the dark using his light, like that metaphor, when they're walking out of the Gotham arena, and he had the flare. Well, there's also that.
2: That feels like a big old studio note. like the last 30 minutes, where he just can't put the Riddler away, but we s- still need to have a big action set piece.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. It feels very tacked on it does feel like at one point i'm like this is kind of like the turn of the king how many endings are we gonna have before this is over
2: god i felt that with joker It just wouldn't end.
3: yeah <laughs> that movie wouldn't stop but no that movie yeah. would have been fine to end on the um after he killed maury and we're not talking about joker yeah anyway but i did the
2: the action set piece of it is great i love the fight choreography was wonderful. It's one of those things, like like I said, Batman has a bunch of really like unclimactic entrances throughout this movie. He's like, I'm just going to knock on the door. Yeah. And you're going to open it, and there's going to be the Batman. But then like at the end, like crashing through like that glass ceiling and coming down, and he's just beating ass. And it's a great action set
3: piece, but... They inject some mystery green fluid into him to give him all berserker.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that was just supposed to be adrenaline. Yeah. Maybe it's supposed to be Venom. I'm just going to say it's adrenaline. But yeah. it's a really cool thing but it just feels separate from the rest of the movie in the, the mayor gets shot and then i guess she's fine yeah she's sure. walking through why that, not?
3: she's walking through that water all like contaminated and shit i don't know i enjoyed it i I feel like I'm being harder on it than it deserves, because I
2: think there is more good in there than bad.
3: I Will you be watching it next month when it comes out? On, will you be giving it a quick rewatch once it's available to stream?
2: Yeah, compared to, like, even if we go with a, like, recent DC thing. Like, I have not revisited, like, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing that for a while. When this comes out, I'm going to revisit it. I'm going to... I don't... I... I hope to enjoy it. Something that I think that these movies are missing, Batman movies especially, is like I want to enjoy them. I want to, like, it's okay for a movie to be dark. It's okay for a movie to have a dour tone. But at the end of the day, especially if you're delivering me a three-hour movie, I need to be getting some enjoyment out of it. Well, you didn't like it when he ate shit off the bridge? That was hilarious. He was a squirrel, and then he hit
3: a bridge. (laughs) Jumpsuits are a real thing.
2: It is. I, I, I like that some of the real life kind of aspects that they put into it but yeah it, it was just dour and i need a little less of that
3: i like the buddy cop relationship though with him and gordon like there are a couple mm-hmm. scenes that are kind of those are kind of funny
2: I, I do like that they had him like actively working with the police and like they're kind of like distrustful of like why is this guy here like there's there's good yeah. stuff and i feel like i've been more negative than probably i feel in reality yeah there is a lot of good in there but
3: but it's, i just it wasn't it wasn't the joy fest that you were looking for
2: batman, it doesn't have to be like fully joyful like i know like last week we did like oh here are like my favorite batman movies and my favorite ones are like lego batman and batman 66 yeah. which are a more light-hearted fare but
3: but i think the fight scenes were fun there was fun fight choreography
2: yeah something that kind of annoyed me in that last fight though was like i love that Catwoman comes in And she saves Batman. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, let it end on that note. But then, like, they had to let Batman get one more hit, and I'm like, why? Just let it be her. Like, we've already had like that final beat. Why do we need to have the final beat a second time? I don't know. It's good, and I I do like it. I just it wasn't quite what I was hoping for. I guess. No. Still, still good, still enjoyable. I have trouble saying enjoyable because it is just such a sour time. But I don't think it's Um,
3: meant to be a positive time. I think that's the direction that but they went. But that's what
2: with. I, Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, and not so, that you have rem- to say, like, oh, like, you need to, like, you know, bend to my whims of what I want. But I mm. would like a Batman who, like, he can be dark, but he could also kind of enjoy himself at sometimes. And he can be sour, but, like, occasionally crack a smile. And he can just, Well, I think can, again, you can make it more of an adventure.
3: That is what this movie is showing the transition of this character from. There's only one way to do this. It's going to be, you know, I'm going to stay up all night. And days are going to blend together, and I'm just going to be, you know, I'm going to be foreboding, and I'm going to, you know, really put the emphasis on the dark part of the dark night. And then as the movie moves on, at the end, he's like, now I've learned I've got to be something more. Like, I have more tools at my disposal. So I think you'll see a more, in a future, the Batman movie, which I'm sure we're going to get.
2: But it was three hours. Like, that's that's a big ask.
3: It is, but I think you're... Not seeing the forest for the trees. Yeah, and
2: also um, something that a lot of movies have done, I don't know, let's say in the last 10 to 15 years, is doing a slowed down version of a 90s song. Yes. Well, if you're just doing Nirvana, you don't got to bother slowing that down at all. It's already sad and depressing. It is very true. Oh, good. How much slower could you make that song? You can't.
3: How much more angsty could you make
2: it?
3: Yes, but there we are
2: yeah i feel like I, I was more negative than i intended to be because i i like more than i dislike it and it's not even like it's not even close like let's call
3: it 70 30 yeah
2: like positive versus negative
3: but i still i don't know i'm kind of s- you feel a little disappointed because it wasn't what you were hoping it would be
2: well here's the thing when it comes to and
3: i called this month ago so you're gonna get your hopes up way you're gonna have an unrealistic expectation for this movie
2: Well, let's talk about Batman, like, in comics. Like, in comics, there are, I don't know, maybe ten Batman comics that come out a month. Probably too many, but still. But those are short and digestible, and you don't have to wait very long. And, like, the commitment to a comic is, like, ten minutes. But when a movie happens, it's, like, two to three years... And then you get hit with like, okay, this is what it is. And you have to wait another two to three years. Like the nice thing about comics is you can have like a super dark one. You can have a lighter one, but there's a quick turnaround. So so you're getting a lot, you're getting different flavors constantly. But when it comes to a movie, it's like there's so much hype and buildup. And then it's just that one flavor for a while. And we've been hitting this, you know, essentially one flavor since 2005. That's a long time. And not that I'm saying like the Schumacher ones are like great and that's what we should be aiming for, but we haven't diverted from well, maybe we'll all make, sad all the time well, since then.
3: It'll make you feel better that we get The Flash coming up and that's going to have Keaton Batman in it. Maybe. So there you go. Might, yeah. And there's Batgirl coming up too. Yeah. I mean, there's other stuff happening. Yeah. So it's not just
2: that. I just, I don't need 100% dour all the time is really what it comes down to, no. despite liking the movie overall. All right, we're gonna move on from uh, a review. Do you have anything else to say about the Batman? Nope, it's fine. It was really good. I liked it. I do overall like it too. I feel like I didn't really portray that. No, well. you didn't. I
3: like it overall. I think by you saying you're gonna watch it again, but next month when it comes back on, comes out on streaming, it's a pretty quick turnaround for you on a movie usually.
2: Just be like ten percent lighter. Not asking for All a right. lot. All just right, ten well, percent. There you go.
3: All right, so uh, time to time to dial up the interview. It is
2: so. We've talked about this movie before. We've sung its praises. Mm-hmm. Um, I, not yeah, we, <laughs> no you get to talk to director Kevin Monroe of the 2007 TMNT movie. We tried to include Jared in this, but his internet uh, was not questionable and it, not working. It was so bad it literally stopped the interview from happening. Like it would fully stop the record. He was really cool about it, though. He wasn't like being mad. No, so I mean, we it, like it was four attempts, and then after I kicked you out after three. I went on to make s- some smooth. chicken keeve and had yeah, dinner. As and- smooth as can be. And uh, I, I do overall enjoy this interview. And something that I, I like about it, which I mean, doesn't come up in it, but and hopefully it will be reflected in the recording of it, is do you know you just talk to people and you're like, oh, this this guy just strikes me as like a good dude? Yeah. Like just like a good person. And, yeah. Like very open and honest interview. And it's, I think it's a lot of fun. And I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, please enjoy this interview with Kevin Monroe. You
0: got a suit? And suit up.
2: Now an Editor's Note exclusive interview. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today we are joined by writer-director Kevin Monroe, director of one of my favorite Ninja Turtle movies, TMNT from 2007. Kevin, how are you for the fourth time? Because Jared's internet was a mess. Well, first of
0: all, rip Jared. We'll miss him. Uh, second of all, hey, it's so great to be here. Thank
2: you so much for having me man. It was great. Yeah. It's, a co-host, this so one's it's, for you jared get out of here you're you're, you're an, terrible all right so uh you you just told um a very detailed and like very enjoyable three minute story about kind of your start. so
0: about everything except the ninja turtles man.
2: <laughs> well no it, that's how we get there guess <laughs> yeah. it is a big deal it's all about the journey man so TMNT is your first directorial debut writer director for the <laughs> second time how do you get there?
0: Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a very circuitous path. It was actually my very first film that actually got fully made. Uh, leading up to it and sort of the years before, I'd end up just bouncing from like studio to studio, um, doing a lot of freelance TV animation stuff. Usually they would option a comic book, throw one. Like, it was like Jason and the Argobots, right? Something like that, like at Warner Brothers. Or uh, Disney would have the right. They wanted to develop Kingdom Hearts. They developed Kingdom Hearts with like 40 people, I think, right? And so yeah. I ended up going having a couple, a couple of years where I just ended up like just taking a lot of properties and just kind of breaking them down as to what they would be at the core, and then you know building out the, the world and stuff. So the end result ended up, I think, making me sort of ready to sort of take on something. You know, uh, that, that was sort of fully a full scale production. I think that that ended up turning to. So, um, so I had been doing some work with Dark Horse at the time, and I met the guys uh, at Amaji and Amaji, uh, the production studio uh, based in Hong Kong. They they sort of got their studio up and running through the DreamWorks show, uh, the uh, the Siegfried and Roy. The animated series. So that actually left them with a whole pipeline that they could just easily plug in a new project to. And so they were looking for a project. Uh, and that project wasn't Ninja Turtles. It was actually this uh, show called uh, Cat Dog. Uh, not cat dog, that's Nickelodeon. <laughs> like, that See? Look, and th- and there's a, <laughs> there's the a 90s. good lesson. Exactly. There's a good, it's a solid cartoon, but that's a good example in the power of uh, titling, I guess. Right. And uh, so it was called uh, uh, a cat tail, cat tail. That's what it was. Cause it's a tail and it's also a story uh, and cats have. A and so they, uh, <laughs> it was all about a, uh, it was about a cat who, uh, who uh, was just born into this world of dogs and thought he was a dog. And then, Oh my God, I'm a cat. And so it was a really, it was, it was all about identity politics way before uh, uh, you know, they they sort of became
2: much more popularized now. I guess so. You, though, uh, you've yeah. stuck the cat dog uh, theme song in my head for at least the next, like, know, three right? days, which I don't appreciate. <laughs>
0: I know. Oh my god, it's so funny. That thing was huge. I got like a fifty-two episode order, like out of the gate or something like that. I remember being so envious of that at the time when that guy when I I think I got that Peter. I can't remember his name or the creator, but good show. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, and so uh, so yeah. So the uh, and so they were looking for and so they they wanted to make this uh, cattail movie sort of their next uh, their first feature. And so they had uh, asked me to come in and help out with uh, storyboards uh, because they were trying to get a story reel up and running. And so while I was there doing that, I sort of heard rumbles that they were uh, trying to get the rights to Ninja Turtles to make a feature film out of it. So, yeah. And so I kind of heard about that. And because of the pedigree of the people kind of running the Amaji, uh, um, Tom Gray, who was the head of the studio, he was the guy who was actually the uh, the main executive and producer on the first Ninja Turtles live action film. So there was sort of like a built-in, I think there was a built-in attraction to the to the IP from the start. And, uh, and then Galen Walker, the uh, the producer there as well, was uh, was flying back and forth, meeting with Peter Laird and Gary Richardson there and talking about trying to do this and so i kind of caught wind of that and then i started politicking hard
2: uh, <laughs> as I'm i president. mean yeah gary richardson i mean you're you're going like kind of deep cuts with people behind the scenes on is it yeah world. no i know i don't know if i am a name dropping him i mean i know the name but <laughs> gary's
0: a great guy I like Gary a lot.
2: so you do and uh, this is out there on there's a couple of things that are out there online that i'm gonna tackle but you uh sure. end up talking with kevin eastman i was curious mm-hmm. how that kind of conversation with him went because i know there's a thing like you have a number one first printing
0: this oh yeah no this was uh this was uh it was peter laird at the time so so kevin wasn't involved uh with the turtles at the time and so where but, the turtles yeah, he, were he yeah sold,
2: yeah because he sold his rights off he or, sold his rights to him to him at years before.
0: yeah no it was and i forget how many years before it was but i know but as soon as it would have been right before the uh the four kids series and so then that had been uh sort of peters Baby, I think that was a chance for him to go back and I think really sort of tell the story the way that he wanted to tell it, and and they just created this behemoth of a series, right? And it's white, and so that series was I think coming to an end whenever we started working on it, or it had just finished. It was right around that same time.
2: Yeah, I think so. That ended in tooth. Yeah. Your movie was two thousand seven. That ended in two th- thousand nine. Oh, was it
0: really? Oh, they were still, yeah, because Lloyd and all those guys, they were still, it was, we just overlapped barely at the end, then I guess. That's, what, yeah. So, um, so they were, they were working on that. And, uh, so yeah, so I, we ended up, uh, Galen and I ended up, I, the first, the first job I got was just to write this, It was just to direct it at the time. And so, uh, so the, the just two. <laughs> uh, so we flew out to Northampton and, uh, we got to sit down. I got to meet Peter and, uh, and then with Gary as well. And, uh, we just spent the whole day, like, in and around, uh, the city and, and just talking about everything like but the Ninja Turtles kind of thing. It was just like a really just and I I just I really liked the guy. Like he was just like a really easy hangout and it was just like a it was just a chill day. And uh, and so then but then what I had done uh, is I also did have and it wasn't a first printing. It was basically I think it was like a third. I think we, we 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 tracked it down. I can't remember how how we did it, but it was it was big it was like a third printing of the first issue. And I thought, well, if I don't get the job, at least I'll get it signed, right? Because I I had met Kevin before and I knew I could get Kevin to sign it at some point. And so I was like, if I can get Peter, then I, I've, I'm set. Right. <laughs> and so yeah. uh, so th- at the end of the day, I, I, I gave him the, uh, the, the the comic and he, he signed it and we were driving back to the airport and, and then I opened it up and looked at it. And then inside it, it was like, uh, dear Kevin, make a good movie or else and he signed <laughs> his name. And so that's how I found I got the gig, which is kind of cool.
2: One of the things out there, and I mean, if you want to find it, you got to do a little bit of internet sleuthing. But for a while, and I, I put this kind of at the top tier for me as far as like how films get made is Peter Laird on his blog, put out basically all of your email correspondence (laughs) in in the process. Do you remember this? Uh, You know what? I heard wind (laughs) of it
0: and it's one of those things like where like I lived it the first time. And so, no, I, no, I, I think I caught one exchange back and forth and that was it. So, but yeah, but I knew, I knew they were out there. Yeah, that's funny.
2: Yeah. It's very cool. I mean, there's, you know, <laughs> there are those kind of like tiers of like, you know, for people who are interested in filmmaking the process of what it's like. I kind of put it with the tears like, oh, there's like all of the Lord of the Rings special features because that's just like 12 hours of like distilled film school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also like just your email correspondence with Peter Laird. I think it's very. I haven't read them since they came out, and I didn't, <laughs> you know, bother doing like a deep dive again on them because I yeah, really, yeah, you know, yeah. read them as well, I, it was releasing yeah. them. But I kind of put that as like one of those like, oh, this is how a movie gets made. Like it's a very uh, cool document to find. That's
0: funny, man. Um, you know what? I guess probably so. Yeah, like it was. Um I learned a lot with those emails with Peter going back and forth a lot. So it was um because I had dealt with like IP owners before, but like nobody who was as personally invested as Peter was at the time, really invested. And uh, and had so many opinions. And I think like at that time I remember I remember sort of thinking like the right answer was something that like that I had an had to convince him of, you know, like sort of at the time and not realizing like just to listen to like this is kind of what the guy digs and what he doesn't and, and try to find like your story in and around that and and see the story that he wants to make. Right. So it was great. And we got along really, really well. I think we we communicated on a really good level. Like, and and so I think a lot of that was chalked up to just, we both ended up coming at it from such a common sense point of view, I guess, because it was my first movie. And I like, I'm not, I'm not a, I didn't come up like m- making short films and trying to, you know, get, find my way around Hollywood and stuff. It was all very practical and very, you know, practical and career based, right? Like just drawing and creating stuff. So I never came at anime at, at sort of making the movies as being more than just like it's a production that we had to you know sort of make happen, and then he came at it in such a like, well, this is my toy, and and I have the control over this, so this is what I want, mm-hmm. and so there was something kind of pure about it, I think. So there's you know, because there was no there was no Hollywood BS in it. There was no there was very little ego, other than just sort of oh, I like that idea, but that's you know that
2: was about Yeah, it. I mean, if you're talking like comparing like Peter, like Kevin, like I've i you know I met most both of them like yeah. a number of times just because you know I'm in I'm the sure. Northeast, but like Peter is very like down to earth and. He's He's like, oh, yeah. here's like this pottery I made, and here's my dog. And Kevin's yeah. like, I I bought a tank. <laughs> I bought the Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> he literally—that's my greatest. I didn't know about that when I uh, yeah. I've interviewed him before. I didn't know he bought a tank. My greatest regret is not asking him about like, dude, you bought a tank. What are you doing with a tank? That's insane. <laughs>
0: And he's like, you know what? Because I could. It, yeah, uh,
2: I have I have tank money. <laughs> do you have tank money? No, well, you don't. So I bought a tank. That's so funny.
0: And I know I know I'm not portraying too much, but being I'm like to saying that being on Peter's property was, and we'd get to going to go to go like where he keeps like some of his cars in his barn and where he kind of works and everything. And it's like the the dude has it figured out, man. Like it's like that's that's all it's about. Just find your place where you want to create and just create. But I remember sitting in the Hummer, I think, and I think it had like a number four on it or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like. Like it was, it was like, still chiseled by hand or something in the front desk. Yeah, my
2: great, <laughs> yeah my great regret on this podcast is not asking about Kevin's tank money. Like, dude, a tank. Um,
0: so, Let's break that down.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just one of those things that would never cross my mind. Exactly. So I guess kind of staying in that world. So you, you were yeah. working directly with Laird, and this movie especially in the world of comic book movies i think with the exception of like mike mignola doing hellboy tie-in stuff yeah. you were working uh i don't know how directly you were involved but there were guys from mirage who were putting out a five issue prequel series which i mean yeah. comic book tie-ins are a pretty regular thing but the fact that you were working with the or D- the direct studio who's mm-hmm. putting them out is what well, like i said with the exception of McNoll, i think is relatively unique did you have any say in those did you have any kind of opinion on what those comics were like they are also super rare now and go for like 80 bucks a pop which is
0: okay well it's so- number one i just found a box of them in my garage like last month so <laughs> we got to talk
2: about that after um yeah no it- sell them <laughs> 'Cause There no, was no, no, right? money. There we go. there I we got go, my, then. I got my personal. I don't have a graphic novel of them, but I got the floppies. I'm like glad I didn't pay eighty bucks. I mean, I like them, but you know, 80 that's bucks so is funny. 80 I... bucks
0: no no totally right no i've got a bunch of the loose ones and then i do have one of the of the graphic novel with the 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 pink uh the trivia cover that we did on it yeah did, that that's that that, goes for yeah, crazy money that's and that one's signed by peter and steve i think i've got that on there um, oh
2: yeah no, i know yeah. i know steve well like uh he did like he, he did my wedding invitations and whatnot and like we've in like he's done like portraits of my dog like I, I you know steve's a friend i know him pretty well
0: <laughs> that's amazing uh yeah no but like it was one of those things where i like, I would never presume to sort of have an opinion on how it would go as a, as a turtle thing. That sort of felt like it was something where it was very much like that was sort of where. I don't know, how how do we get there? We because when you're making the movie, we, we we had this version and you talk about that collaboration with with uh, Peter and I going back and forth. And so we ended up coming up with this story and this edit and this cut that just worked worked really, really well. Right. And uh, and so then and then the studios got involved with Warner Brothers and Weinstein and so then as a result like that it started to kind of like just pivot the way it always has to pivot whenever you're dealing with the studio right and so as a result I think the comics became the uh, reservoir for where all of those original ideas that we all got excited about and not that they disappeared from the movie but some of them shifted around some of them kind of like moved and changed in their balance and stuff so yeah, to me that comic wild. series is what that represents yeah yeah it's, it's like
2: oh yeah we're doing um, it's a continuation of the last series also we're doing Tricera and also like they're real murdery
0: well and because they really picked up on everything we were talking about trying to build in the original trilogy with that and so they they totally knew where we were going and Murphy was like totally like on, on board with that and so it was it was it was great it was like they and, and they, they were they were so they were so complimentary and in, in, in making sure that, that things were noted whenever they put in you know like the based on the movie and stuff like that but like that that's like a lot of that is very much there that that that's all them that that's their perspective and, and I think it's fun there's something like really kind of lively about the whole book
2: yeah no i mean they're like they're very much mirage books like they're fun totally enjoyable i was also curious about because I'm, I'm sure you had like little to nothing to do with them, but the uh, the video game adaptation because there were there were a couple in there.
0: That's really funny you said that because I was going to actually actually mention that along with like the comic book. Because the other thing I was super impressed by was uh, working with uh, UB on uh, on the video game because they were just it so was they they it, it was just as I think all a lot of that sort of media sharing was starting to, to between like a, as far as a, like digital files and our backgrounds and our sets. And even though of course they go off and they have to like start modeling and, and and going on their own but I remember there was a lot of asset sharing and then on top of that we had a dev kit I had a dev kit at my house for like months I think as we were making the movie and we would play I think it was like the first three levels and I would like play that with my kids like a lot and it was and they and what was great is they just took that that's sort of like the mechanic from the Prince of Persia the wall climbing and stuff but yeah. it just made it like a really fun it just it was like a fun movie and then when you look at it as sort of as a story in the game and and I, I didn't really have anything to do with the story that is in the
2: game and the way that that out. And that was really fun too. No, the, it's... I mean it's not like the most complicated game in the world it's totally enjoyable my favorite part yeah. of it is like they keep on talking about like we're brothers and we're family we have to work together <laughs> in this single player campaign no one else get involved <laughs> like, exactly. oh, yeah. teamwork
0: <laughs> that was it was like there was that period of about like whatever i'd say like it's like five ish maybe five to seven years where like there was a bunch of games that started coming out as other like multiplayer games were really starting to show like that's basically where everything is going you know everybody loves to co-op play and there were just i remember there and I worked on probably a couple of them where there was just a couple of games along the way where you're just like, ah, that would have been so great if we could have all played that, right? To actually have four controllers, four controllers, four brothers.
2: The Game Boy Advance version is incredible like like the regular version it's it's totally enjoyable there's nothing wrong with it it's a like quick quick, little easy thing but the game boy advance one is like legitimately great that's as far as it's just like a beat-em-up it's like oh this is like it's it's really hard oh wait
0: no no no, i totally remember that yeah 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 that was fun that was a lot of
2: fun like it's hard but it's like it's that right level of challenge it's really great i love the game boy advance one which sounds like so silly at the time it's like oh yeah we have like these major console ones like no the good ones on the game boy advance what are the the chances but it's really solid the
0: golden age of the second wave of, uh, of platforming
2: and now like you know it's, it's you know I'm not like that old but I'm like oh my god I, I'm I'm too old to like beat that game now because I just don't have the time to like <laughs> that's, sit down that's and, a real
0: like really like that's a real feeling that's like know. in 20 years that's gonna be that's gonna be like a lot of social media humor but like the idea was, like it's it's now it's it's no longer playing sports and you're like wow I, I went and shot some hoops and I really hurt and now was just gonna be like I can't <laughs> beat that level anymore
2: I'm just not and a young I, man anymore
0: I, I used no, to be able to
2: but. no I went I was snowboarding last week and I'm like I'm not doing any joke because you know my knees
0: like i got work
2: on monday i I can't i can't do jumps like god if i land on my knees i'm gonna be hurting for two weeks so uh, that's kind of the tie and stuff but as far as the movie as you are the writer of it uh what was kind of the decision of going with like a brand new story versus adapting stuff that had come before
0: yeah uh that was it was probably motive i won't say it's peter because it's easy it's easy just because there's no one to like blame for it uh but <laughs> it was probably driven it was driven by peter yeah a lot of times because i think again where he was he was on season probably what five maybe of of the of the the for kids show yeah and i just remember they just sent us all the. i think it was it was just at the tail end when we started getting vhs tapes and it was just like it was this huge box showed up with like all the vhs types of all the monsters and and uh and so i think he felt like he'd probably like been there already the yeah. before and he had already like rebirthed them which was like fun. Fair enough. And then... Yeah and so it so it was a challenge coming into it. and so the whole thing was like how to and then so I kind of passively aggressively kind of tried to make it tie into the other things and kind of kept pushing it that way to the point where it at least was ex- an acceptable thought that we might not make a huge highlight of but my hope ended up kind of coming true that everybody as time went on was just like oh they kind of considered it kind of in that world a little bit and kind of an extension out of it in whatever this you know alternate universe versions of it is.
2: one of the things and it's still to this day I think this the- album works as a pretty good running album you gotta skip a couple in the middle that are a little bit slow but oh the soundtrack yeah yeah, yeah the, how did the soundtrack come together because you know it's at the time and i mean granted i haven't bought like a like full like cd of a movie soundtrack in probably like 10 years because there's <laughs> often like those things that are like music inspired by and i'm like yeah that's bullshit yeah, yeah, yeah. stop lying yeah. to me <laughs> but yeah, no exactly like the whole soundtrack is actually in the movie and i will swear by it it's a pretty good running soundtrack like it, i, it's like I two... those,
0: those songs were on my run Soundtrack for sure. Even at the time, I, uh, there's a lot. There's like the Pod song for sure. That, that, came, <laughs> yeah. that came, that came right off my uh probably my running playlist as well. Uh, there's stuff like uh, the Jet song. We didn't yep. have the main oh, yeah, totally. Jet song, whatever the big one was. But the big one at the time it was Are You Gonna Are You Gonna Be My Girl? Yep. Was it or something? That one was the temp song that we used for that sequence the whole time. And like, it's I'm just so into vibe. Like in terms of just how that song combines with the movement that's on screen or something. And so we just locked into it a couple of things really early on. Um, and then another one was Black Betty, because I just love that song. That song, like, since childhood, I just, I've always loved that song. And Yeah, so that was, that was I, a good
2: version yeah. of that one, too. Like, that's real upbeat. I, I like the way... And the they
0: made plays. that for the film, I think. They went and they recorded it, because Galen, the, the producer on it, his background was from... He was, like, a guitarist in Kingdom Come, and he was, like, he's got a whole, like, audio engineering background on top of, like, being a, a concert guitarist as well, or a, a rock guitarist. And so he went in, and I think he was there for a couple of, like, the the recordings the, the recording sessions as well uh but i think it was and i want to say it was all is it like a uh, fueled by ramen is that was that the label that it was on because i think they're all no artists no from the same i think they're all artists from the same label and that's the deal that we got i think we went to uh i think it might be a warner's label i could be wrong with that and then uh, julianne jordan who was a music supervisor at the time she like just brought all these like
2: amazing kind of bands together yeah I, I do really like this it's it was just nice like having like the songs actually in the movie compared to like you know inspired by but right? even like <laughs> exactly. the, but that Black Betty one. And this is, to me, the part of the movie that is always just, like, Gets an eyebrow race not in a bad way, just in a like, what are we doing here? Like, so there's a Ke- there's a Kevin Smith cameo. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it's so weird. I know. Like, weird. why is Kevin Smith here? Like, uh, I'm fine with it. Like, like, and I was Harvey in college somebody in, the in Jersey at the time, so it's like I was I was very Jersey focused, and I was like, what? That Kevin Smith in a diner? What are we doing? Yeah, that how did that was, come about? That, that was uh, Ke- Kevin came about
0: after uh, whenever they uh, whenever uh, Harvey kind of uh, started uh, working a little bit more on the movie. Man, and so okay. they, they they called in some favors, and so not all the things were bad, and some of the good things were things like Kevin coming in and then just kind of riff on stuff. And so it's not it was, bad. It was she, just
2: random, like yeah, it's, like it's super,
0: it's super <laughs> random. I like it, and you can't like there's like him and and then Patrick, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart, and, and it's just it's it's a funny mix of people, and so um, it, but it's at the same time it's it's like I I don't know it, it it's kind of like some of the character stuff worked really well, um, and then stuff like Kevin stuff was just like I like the randomness of it i just wish it would have been a little more on purpose i think that's that's it well yeah. i
2: um i think uh a s kind of i think a strength and a weakness of the movie is i do really like a lot of the voice cast like this is coming like you know you know mid-2000s like star trek is done but hey there's patrick stewart yeah. oh buffy is done oh there's or sarah michelle geller the matrix is done oh there's Laura fishburne like there's <laughs> they're, they're really great but some th- so i mean i all those actors i love but i also mm-hmm. was like annoyed like especially like you know in the promotion and special features because i mean this movie mm-hmm. had a couple of like really great trailers it also like dropped like the first 10 minutes online like a couple of months in advance
0: yeah,
2: yeah. I, like as much as i like those actors i was always a little bit annoyed that like the voice actors of like the turtles or even like mako didn't really get that same level of promotion because no. you got, got like nolan north's in there like you got some really awesome voice actors that just i, no, that, I felt like yeah. never got their due promotionally i 100 agree
0: uh it's uh it's it's funny because it's I don't even know how to how to politically say it. I mean, because it doesn't it doesn't really matter. But the they're not names, they, unfortunately. Yeah.
2: Just is what it is.
0: No, yeah, well, exactly. Well, and because we even dealt with that on Ratchet and Clank too. And you're talking about like two guys, like between James working with James Arnold Taylor again and David K guys who've been those characters, you know, for like 15 years, and then they still are fighting, you know, against to get to a higher billing than some, you know, camera actor who came in and did like, you know, four hours of work. So it's, it's a, it's a really, it's a screwy business like that. And then there's no, there's absolutely no way to defend it because it's indefensible.
1: Yeah. They, Other than just... just
0: for the dollars, it's just, it's a really weird thing. So yeah, so the studio gets involved and, and, and so then there's a few key roles that, and they immediately zoned in on the turtles and wanting to revoice the turtle, recast the turtles right away. And, and so it was, it was, it was a, it was a huge onslaught in terms of just studio involvement in a movie that theoretically up until that point, we had final cut on as long as we delivered something that, that matched the script that was approved, which it did. Um, it was under the runtime and it was under budget and time. Then we basically got to keep the, the, you know, the cut that was, that was basically the terms of the deal. And then all of a sudden the studios get involved and then Harvey, you know, starts bringing in people and every, and then it just, and then so and then this thing that you were trying to sort of bring to life life and you were you were you were trying to like just birth it and and, then not to make it super you know it doesn't have to be that romantic but like the idea of like this thing that you're trying to like just okay just like let it kind of grow it's going to become this thing And, and you can just tell you could tell when we were in front of the Comic-Con crowd in 2006, in that room was like 3,000 people showing the trailer. And you're just like, holy shit, this is going to work. Like, this is really cool, right? Like, this is, it's more than just like a direct-to-DVD, uh, direct-to-DVD movie kind of thing, right? And I think that was sort of the big thing that we just really wanted to show, that it didn't have to be that. And so uh, and so then all of a sudden you take that thing, and then now you're stuck with having to try to aggressively defend it while at the same time cooperative, uh, co- cooperatively working uh, with each other. And so it's its a really, it's, it's, a,
2: hard, it's a hard place to be. So uh, I'm going off of a very old memory here. I mean, at this book yep. you know, is the movie came out in 2007. So how did, you, if memory serves, like the first like seven or ten minutes were dropped online? How do you think that affected things? Uh,
0: were they, they, they the first did. ten minutes? Seven? T- were they of the actual movie of the the actual? Yeah, it I seem to remember
2: th- just. Yeah, I think it was just. Like, I, I hey, here's the first I'm ten really, minutes.
0: Yeah, no. Um, I, I personally wouldn't have done that at all. I I would have done. I liked, I like the this, this. I like a couple of the key um scenes that they that you know release that really showed the tone of what the turtles are but unfortunately that you know the opening of the film it's very um cerebrally uh, effective, I guess, in terms if you're taking notes, uh, but that it, that wasn't the way it was written at all. And all of a sudden, it was this thing where everything, kind of like all the chess pieces, get knocked over, and they're all the same chess pieces, but now they've been reassembled, and you're trying to sit back and trying to make sense of how to get the clearest story out of that. And so, unfortunately, with those kind of stories, I've really shied away from them, like because it always ends up being this trap, which is like you got to explain where the bad guys from and the yada yada and the everything that, like, and it just becomes about like explaining everything that. God is there rather than like where we are right and so a lot of the things that adjusted on that film i think after uh, a lot of the studio um help came in uh was that it ended up exposing i think a lot of those things like that which is like oh my god now we have to like jam it all up front i got i got criticized once um, by somebody who was trying to rewrite something that i'd put together and i and uh, they just said i ended up creating it in such a way that if you take this part out the whole thing falls apart which I, is a pain in the ass for someone who's trying to come and mess with your thing but i think at the same time shows like it's like that's how that's how whole of a thought it was and now we're trying to negotiate you know a broken puzzle and trying to put it back as aesthetically as pleasing as possible
2: um, I'm, I'm gonna have a couple of these where it's just like oh this is a thing i liked but mm-hmm. something that um i really appreciate especially in the uh, early part of the movie i mean you do like there's a big exposition dump that Lawrence fishburne does but like once yes. we get into the actual like character yeah. stuff of like april talking with leo
3: yeah. and my
2: wife will attest to this up and down and it's made her change how she looks at movies and she kind of hates me for it is i hate lazy exposition i'm always like oh my god just like there's such an easier way to like rewrite this we could just like redo a couple of lines but i really love how you bring up the the other characters like with leo talking to april it feels natural and it's just it's not lazy exposition and i really appreciate that about this movie it's just like it lays out hey you probably know who these people are here's where they're at and i just I, i guess it's not a question it's more just like i just really appreciated like how it was laid out i'm like oh my god yes this is like enjoy like i can just like it makes sense in the story yeah of how much yeah i just hate like you know um the the example that like it was like that i love is like how long have we been brothers like that kind of thing like there's none of that in here bro
0: you know we've been brothers for 15 years
2: (laughs) yes yes exactly that's the i hate that stuff so much yeah yeah No, really love how you laid that out
0: that's cool and you know what listen i would love to be able to take credit for all that, but that actually came about because of that, this new opening that was tacked onto it that, that people were sort of like beat over the head with this like three minute prologue that came in and they're like okay listen we'll just get to the story now okay and then like here's where it is because the original cut of the film was basically we opened on the jungle thing and we opened on all of that village then he comes down and now his training's complete he comes home and then the third scene we're meeting like Mike and Donnie and doing all their stuff and then we meet you know this guy who's this vigilante only to be revealed that he's night watcher so so it really flowed organically it was kind of like this like listen we, we know you're going to know who it is but we're going to let it kind of flow real time with the story and then as soon as you put this opening on the beginning and again not that anything's wrong with it but it, it works it 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 sets up everything it's supposed to and and, and it you know whatever it, it works well, but at the same time it sort of necessitates this okay let's just get right into it and and to that 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 sequence is really fun and it takes all those moments and puts them together in a really fun kind of like montage kind of thing
2: yeah you know? i also like you know, just with with how i watch film <laughs> you know, seeing like the night watcher stuff in case I'm like yeah. boy it'd be really easy to re-record those lines of dialogue if you needed to because they're mm-hmm. wearing masks oh yeah for sure yeah <laughs> like, very much a... like no unless money and, saving
0: and that's what it is and so and i've been on a few projects where that happens and so and and it's like oh my god we got sylvester stallone it'd be awesome and then and and so that's great and and i i'm very happy for the production i'm very happy that for all the business interests in this that it gets to sort of make as much of an impact and, and it turns as many heads as possible and makes them notice. I think that's really great. So I do I do get that. At the same time there's it's it's such an inherent part of the animation process whenever you really know what the process is and and mm. even if that actor who comes in and does this. So the actor who, who really did voice Casey was that like all those inflections, all of that stuff and then this is I, this is far from the only animated film.
2: That actor, so, you know, he's an unknown guy. No one's ever seen. No,
0: I, 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 I hate the idea of dropping in because at the same time it's just like it's i it must be what other actors say when they don't want to say who they know they beat out for the role because it just it's it just feels crass to mention the name but but anyway it's it... <laughs> It's uh, and so the problem is that the a lot of that performance and and so it's 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 just like putting Brad Pitt on film and, and getting him to do all that stuff, and then you bring in like you know Steve Carell to to revoice his, you know all of his audio, mm-hmm. and you're like it just doesn't match. But like I get it, it all it all sort of like physically matches. But there's just something that just doesn't fully click in certain moments, and then and sometimes it does. Sometimes someone can come in and they can like really nail that. on um, Paul Giamatti when he came in and did that with um Ratchet and Clank. uh The guy's a pro. He came in. And he just he totally like picked up on all of the physical inflections that were already there, not just dialogue, you know. And so like there's there are people who just really do nail it and they really do you know deserve what they got.
2: I have more questions, but I'll just I'm going to just hit out a couple of things that, like I really love about the mm-hmm. movie that I think like really work. I love that Casey and April are living together and you just it's never really mentioned like, oh, yeah, no, they're just yeah. like in a s- stable, healthy adult relationship. Like there's no drama. We just we're doing this. It's yeah. fine. And it's normal. And I really like that. I like that. It's just like, oh, yeah, no, they're together because it makes sense.
0: Yeah no it and that was I- I would imagine that might have come from like at first probably just like a screenwriting clutch so that we're crutch so that we could like just like okay they're both together at least I can have them like it I'm not worried about the two of them you know off doing their own story kind of thing but uh, but at the same time no it felt like and that was that was the one that was very that was a really hard thing to cut from the um, the original cut the, the original script that we had that was approved where they were going to get uh, engaged there's a lot more relationship stuff in that uh, there's a whole different speech on top of the rooftop uh, stuff like that but it was but there's there's just so so much heart in that and i just really liked sort of having them there and then having them already kind of having issues for them to figure yeah.
1: out yeah
2: you know? i just think it works like oh yeah we're uh adults that have just a relationship and that's fine yep. and i i, I kind of like the like the non-stated part of it that's cool just because it you know it's just there and it's fine it i mean in how many movies are there where it's just like oh yeah like you know we're partners and things are working versus like oh there's drama and blah 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 like, no i just i like the I like the understated aspect of it. That's cool, as, like, man. I don't know how it works.
0: That's really neat. It's Yeah, it's funny because um, that Casey character, I do, I've, I've, tried to, I've tried to sort of elaborate on it. I just don't know how to put it in words. But I think the Casey character was the first character as a writer that I kind of used. It wasn't my voice, but I kind of like would put myself in the character's shoes. Does that make sense? And I know mm-hmm. it's an obvious thing for everyone to say when you're writing. But a lot of times you're there and you start writing from the outside and you start writing. Like, what would a hero say? And what would this rather than just be like, OK, I'm this dude. I'm in this situation what do I do right and so I think a lot of that stuff sort of came it was pretty it was pretty right I think because we were putting so much attention on the turtles I just didn't know what to do with with um the case and so I think a lot of that just came from just finding that voice in me I think a little bit whatever that was anyway so I just remember it being especially especially the um especially the rooftop scene when it was like a, a lot more yeah. of a confessional stuff and we had a lot more of a heart-to-heart with all those guys there was just a, there was just like a reality to it that I like
2: really dug that's um it's interesting to hear that you that it was like kind of a challenging part because I mean you are dealing with a relatively big cast, I mean you have like four turtles, like Splinter, yeah. Casey, April. It's t- yeah. Winters, everyone else. Yeah, I mean, else, yeah, I cheap, mean yeah. it's. I th- I think it's a very well balanced. <laughs>
0: I know it is. It's when I look back, though, i'm just like, oh my god, that's just like it's just such a it's such a crazy balancing act to try to hit, and that's probably you know, in in fairness, not to the to the studio stuff, but to the system. I think that that it creates is that I think there was a it wasn't there's was a lot of balance, but there was probably a lot of like, well, like, what is this movie about? Whenever you have so much going on, and so if anything, those last little bits probably dialed in a lot of the like hey this is what this movie is about and then probably really fine-tune a lot of that balance i think too
2: so this question there's no really good transition to this one my favorite shot of the movie is when they're fighting the yeti or whatever it's supposed to be and there's uh <laughs> Raphael in the foreground and he's falling and there's just this fight in the background i'm like that's just such a cool shot like every time i see it i'm like god damn that shot works so well i don't know if there's that's not no, a question. I, That's just a thing. I just really no, love that shot.
0: I will tell you, man, the, um the, the, ca- like w- I, we had a blast with storyboards with that whole thing with, with just the whole movie in general. And it ended up being this, I was, uh, when we were working, it was at the beginning, it was, it was really small. It was really independent. And, uh, and then we, we, we got introduced to this guy who could come in and help with story and possibly some camera stuff. And so as soon as I heard camera, I got like really sort of defensive. <laughs> like, <was> this guy? <laughs> and so we ended up meeting this guy who's now like a super close friend of the family and like uh, uh, and his name is steve lumley and he came from uh brad bird doing uh oh, yeah. Iron giant and all this and, and steve is like
2: a master of you know it's like, crazy i've never seen that movie and it takes place in maine and that, that is a it's, and i will it's one tell of, like the yeah. top like five <laughs> movies i'm like oh my god i gotta watch that but i just haven't
0: that's really fun no and i totally get that like generation generationally if you just weren't like right there you gotta seek it out until, I, but i will like, tell you of it's the like, age that i should
2: have yeah. seen it's nuts that's fun. Just no, having... um,
0: I like it because they they really did take a um, they really gave main like an, a, like an a, it was like a main art direction if that makes sense like it just yeah. felt very like it felt like the colors of like when I was a kid and I would be like that's what my memories felt like I thought was cool so uh, but yeah and so Steve so Steve came in and and, uh, and and that's just when everything changed and all of a sudden it, it stopped being like a cartoon trying to be a movie and it was just like a movie and that's when we we fully started playing with sort of that whole two three five widescreen. And and so the boards were fun, and then as soon as we got into previs, and we would start looking at the camera, and then Adam Holmes was, uh, and he's, uh, we've we've all worked together on a bunch of movies since. He was uh, in charge of uh, the, the the previs department, and so there were moments. I I it was probably some of my most fun dailies were being in previs because it's just so like you're just you're making everything just beyond it being functional. You're just making it cool, and, and that that movie especially was all about just really cool action figure moments. And I specifically remember that thing, and it makes no sense sense but i remember just in writing it that i it, in the action figures in my head as i'm writing i was just like he jumps off and he actually falls past them yeah no that because <laughs> he because he tucks I love that and show. that's why and so, <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course and i remember that was, and there was and there's a couple of them like where we had a couple of previous artists and they were all super talented but there's just a couple of people who are just like just like not they don't give into the imagination as much right and mm-hmm. so sometimes like when you have you're sitting there you're trying to like convince someone to do something that makes just absolutely no like sense in the real physical world but you're like but it's really cool right and then oh the same thing to the uh when karai jumps off that building at the end and the camera like follows her down yeah, that totally. was something like i think we probably had 40 or 50 things it was a huge blow up like somebody almost quit over it it was like it was crazy it was uh <laughs> but like but that's the level to which uh, so many of those frames were just poured over like so, ridiculously amount but it was
2: it was fun i guess i'll pivot into that uh how was karai the decision to bring her in because she's never been it, well she was in that um the four kids yeah. show but but she's never been in any kind of movie. What was the decision to bring that character in?
0: Probably two prong. One to because um, I really we had loose plans about the whole Lake City of, uh, City of War, and 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 we really wanted to kind of bring Mikey to Japan in the in the sequel. Oh, I and got so questions I think about that. that. Was... Don't you worry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and so we were going and it's not i am not got a lot of answers because we never really got a chance to really flesh a bunch out but they didn't last run and so and so the Karai was cool because she was sort of she was obscure and so probably in my head as well she was a character that that didn't come with as many rules from Peter as well and so I think that it was it was it was it was an opportunity to have a character where we could sort of if something needed to happen we could have her drive the plot or do something like that but at the same time she was just a cool character and it was setting up a huge role for her in sort of the sequel as well. So it was just kind of fun. We needed someone to sort of be, you know, sort of boots on the ground for the bad All
2: right. So um, <laughs> just, you threw out something there. So I'm going to follow up on it. Um, the last run and uh, was there stuff from the sequels that ended up in that um, very much delayed story. It's fine. Whatever, but <laughs> it's very delayed, but was, were there elements of the
0: sequels that are in there? No, I don't I, know. I, I don't know. Um, none no because we didn't flesh it out that much i think it's just one of those things where it was just i and I only realized it i think it was about a couple of weeks ago when i was looking at it because i do this thing like what you probably see it on instagram where I, like paint rocks and stuff and so yeah. i started painting a last in one because i just got one that was sort of shaped like the the cloak and i looked at it and all of a sudden i went back the next day and i just saw it oh, this, where am I? and i swore to god i thought it was like the ghost in the jungle because i've seen mm. that image so many times in my head right and that sort of like the, the cl- and that's the first ninja show with the cloak on it. But then, it, and then I started thinking about like, oh yeah, and then we have the
1: whole like black ending and, and that was, you know,
0: so it's, mm. but there was no, there was nothing in there that was, that was planned that they've, I mean, it's a fun book. It's uh but yeah, no, there's nothing that we, we didn't really comp anything up. No, I was just curious because really I mean, yeah,
2: that book is such a clear hodgepodge of different ideas and different eras not yeah i mean i'm i'm enjoying it but it's definitely like oh yeah like whatever like this i forget the name of because you know it's been coming out like once every like five months like oh yeah this character was definitely supposed to be shadow but it's been updated to be something else and oh it was definitely yeah, yeah, supposed yeah, yeah. to be this but they've changed it yeah. to like xyz it's, it sounds
0: really it, sharp i really like the way that he can take all the i really appreciate how he can take a lot of those things and, and have them kind of have their own vibe all put together you know like that and then add his stuff to
2: it so i guess just kind of going off of the things like things i think are cool <laughs> the, the leo versus Raph fight i think uh, aside from that first fight with the monster i think that's definitely one of the highlights of the film especially you know something i like about this movie and i don't know the proper term to talk about like an animation but like i really love how this movie's lit like it has great lighting on it and yeah like that fight especially like i think really brings it out
0: that's cool yeah no it was um a lighting lighting was was such a huge part of the whole process it was um to speak to the lighting we actually went through with um the production designer um simon merton we went through and we actually lit and with steve as well we went through we like basically lit the whole movie at least in keys as a black and white film before we even added any color to it so it always had a strong sense like we just really wanted to have that and it was and it was blatant like sort of like this like Frank Miller really sort of just mm. daring and you know kind of pushing like just really that comic book kind of vibe but then all of a sudden when we started adding this really sophisticated light on it and these textures then that that starkness that you see in all the Sin City stuffs kind of softened into this like really kind of cool just look it's just that look right and and I'm just drawn to it I just it's just it's all variations of, of that theme that I just love I I love the idea of doing something that's cartoony, but it has texture, you know, or it, it, there's just something that's a fun amalgam of the things, right? And so, um, but specifically with that, that Leo and Raph that, that thing was just, uh, that was that, that, was, that, 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 thing was, it was sort of always, it was very pure from the start. There's a lot of things that kind of like adjusted whenever we, we started, um, uh, working with the studio and, and it was rare that like a scene itself was, you know, was sort of really massively messed around with beyond like a line here or there or something like that. But there was only a couple of spots that mm-hmm. I can tell you like, are just like untouched from like the time that we started until the time we finished and the leo and the wrath the uh, Lily Rowan light is is one of them that was one that we wrote it we had it storyboarded the only thing that we had to change was uh the only thing we had to change was and i know that's probably been written about but the uh the, the the distance at the very end whenever he had the sigh it was originally going to be a sigh sticking into uh into leo's eye um originally it was <laughs> yeah. uh it was it the first pass was like a half an inch and that way this the storyboards man oh my god they were so beautiful and we just went and we just went in and we just copied that story board and we just had this so it was just so visceral so we did that we threw it to the mpaa and they said nope it's R-rated." <laughs> and so i can't do kids so we moved it back to six inches and that wasn't enough and then we brought it back to basically where it was around his shoulder and then and now all you're doing is just you're losing impact because the whole point was like oh my god i almost killed my brother right whereas like now it's like oh my god i almost thought about killing my brother yeah it's like was <laughs> <And the, laughs>
2: um, it like mission yeah. that's the mission impossible three moment or whatever mission impossible that was
0: yeah yeah no yeah exactly right yeah whenever it came like really yeah that came really close so it's yeah and so it was uh, that was really that was really fun but other than that moment and even even whenever they went in because they brought everybody back into re-record lines you know after after Weinstein's came in and there was a few turtle lines that were changed like sort of here and there but that one specifically when we were on the mix stage because nobody else was around we went right back to the original recording which was basically these two actors in a room acting with each other and just and the acting quality of those four guys together are just it's unmatched I, I think those guys are so good in that film yeah, and, that, uh, and
2: that scene so present no i i love the voice cast like i i said it before but like these guys that like who i never f- felt like got their due and i feel like a lot of like um mm-hmm. n- non-celebrity voice actors usually don't like no one yeah. knows those names which is unfortunate because you know they're actors and they're bringing it
0: no 100 percent, 100 percent. it's uh it, and especially with with and these guys too, we, and I, I think I, I mentioned a couple of in a couple of interviews and stuff too, but we, we four walled basically a room and whenever we did the first record, uh, the main record with, with these guys. And so basically it was a four of them in a room with mics and it was just like having just, just four kids in school who just would just not stop talking in between all of the takes and stuff. And it was fantastic because there was like such a fun energy. It just felt lively and whenever it needed to be like heated, it was just everybody fed off of each other. And there was, there was an imperfection in the in the dialogue reading that I went to, uh, I went to a voice record once for uh, another project and they had like some big voice director who was there and uh, they were running uh, it behind the, uh, the console. And it was, and it was like, okay, say the line. And it was like, get your hands off her. Okay. Say it uh, a, a bit louder. Get your hands off her. Okay. and it was, say it quieter. Get your hands off her. Uh, okay, cool. Let's move on. And they went on. And then and then and then the next line is like I mean it right and so like there's no escalation there's no like natural built-in like how would you actually deliver that and so the one thing that we did especially with all the turtle stuff is we had like there's there's an imperfection to dialogue and people going back and forth where you kind of like you mm-hmm and you stutter start and you kind of like flub things up and there's and it's just so easy to make it too perfect in animation and so to me that that whole project represents those guys just going in and we just recorded like four brothers just hanging out and shooting yeah. the shit
2: I mean that's something that i I, the quickest is easy example i could think of is like that's you know how they did batman the animated series like if you get Mm. people in a room together who are like kind of working off each other like it yeah it ends up showing on screen like with the final product it it
0: it so increases the 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 feel of it on screen and just like it just feels bigger it just there's something to it
2: i understand the ease of like oh this person's available right now like let's just get them in and you know turn out the lines but yeah i definitely there's a definite energy shift if you can get people in the same room playing Playing off each other, and
0: I, I started actually just being the person in the booth with everybody and being sort of that main conduit of because especially if it's something that I've written, I kind of know the way I want like the cadence, K- yeah. at least the way the the cadence could go, and then you can roll with however it goes, right? So I could, and so we started doing it a lot on on the Lucasfilm project I was doing because we'd be you record like Jessica Biel on one day or something, and but you couldn't get that other person until like four weeks from then, and so mm-hmm. there's no and and to sit back and to cue in people's voices is so time consuming, but if if I can at least, if I remember that the take that we're using is kind of like this, or the take that I want to get, it seems it, it, it seems to make a difference. It has to all sort of be in context, I think, for it to really be effective. So
2: I think I'm going to hit my like last. Um, hey, this is the thing I thought was cool. <laughs> <laughs> because like, they're not great transitions <laughs>
0: into those moments. No, no, but. they're great. They're great. Um,
2: I I I love the beat that you end on, like I mean, them running is like fine and great, but like um, Raft delivering that last yeah. line right. is like that's that was the perfect beat to end on. It's so good. I just like, it's such a fun callback and it works with the context good. of the movie. And mm-hmm. even that, like that last little monologue, it was just like, perfect. Just the, the best way to end the movie. I love that beat.
0: I'm a big believer in, in, in especially in the, in strong openings and, 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 endings, I think. And there's, there's something I love. I love that moment. And then as soon as you go into the music and there's something, there's, there's a feeling and maybe it's childhood or something, but there's something about, it cause I, I have not always stayed and watched all the credits and stuff. So there's something to playing people out, you know, that I just really identify with as far as like the feeling of walking out and being like, that was fun. And there's still like the music still pumping in the club behind you and you're leaving or whatever the feeling is that you're supposed to leave with. Right. So I love teeing up for that moment. It's really fun.
2: Yeah. and Because um, for whatever reason that still continues, apparently you can't have a Ninja Turtles movie without ending on um, a Ninja Turtles based rap because it's just (laughs) a thing that happens. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Keeps on happening too. I'm like, huh? Ah, we're, we're still doing this. <laughs>
0: oh, I know. it's uh, That was fun. Yeah, it's a tradition. You know, it's yeah. a fun, it's a fun little song too. Like, thank you for picking up on that. That was great. <laughs> There was a choice on what songs we went to end on. It, was, it felt like it was a a spiritual uh, necessity.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, the third one must because there was the song um, from the first movie where uh, they clearly had had no idea what they were talking about because they're like, oh yeah, Raphael's the leader. Then there's Vanilla Ice. Then there's the third one. That was probably a rap. I don't remember. <laughs> And then there was yours, and like it continued on like into the Michael Bay movies. Like, yeah, it's just a thing. There, there just has to be a Ninja Turtles based rap.
0: It's really funny because uh, the Gail and the uh, Gail Walker, the producer, um, ever since we started uh, doing it, the, the film, and he he really he kept lobbying to have Happy Together by the Turtles. Oh, so happy, mean. and he so <laughs> wanted that the whole time, and then we just kept pushing back. It's like, no, get, and and he was and he was he was really cool about it because it's like pick your fights, right? And so it was really funny because Galen went on to produce the live action films, right? And as soon as that moment comes on, I I smiled so big, man! I was so happy for him. I was like, Galen finally got his his, uh, his turtles happy
2: together. Like, yeah, no, I get it. Like, they're called the <laughs> turtles, but boy, that's a weird total shift <laughs> for anything.
0: It was it was a as a Mikey character moment. It kind of felt good, but it was, uh, yeah,
2: that's fine. Uh, so this is. Just a weird question. How did you overall end up dealing with nunchucks? If um, for people listening, Europe has some weird stuff. It's like, hey, don't do headbutts, don't have nunchucks. Mm-hmm. And when one of your f- four characters is using that as a weapon, and I'm sure like Kevin, Pete weren't thinking about that at the time, like you know, when we sell our international film rights, we need to be concerned yeah. with what weapons they're using. So how was the workaround with like, hey, there's a character who can't use the weapon that he has, but we have multiple yeah. fight scenes. Yeah,
0: um, you know what? It's funny because nunchucks and I remember thinking because again I was doing all that stuff in TV animation before that's a, a lot of it was that sort of comic book what they called boys action at the time um, that, that sort of <laughs> like so there was a, <laughs> that's like, the, a, we were talking about this the other day action. because it was it was boys action and it was like girls whatever and just like how how just silly and binary everything was like way back um and because like they had disney boys and disney girls and you would go in and it was like two different like wings of the building and stuff and it was very weird it was very weird anyway. and so anyway so regardless if you're into these type of um you know comic book action-based shows i uh what was the question again we talked oh yeah but that I just so I was that, really i was yeah i was really sensitive the of all man. the nunchuck stuff yeah because nunchucks come up a lot swords come up a lot like just regardless it just it's it's always there so actually
2: i I just i know that like they they were in some of the tvs
0: yeah and it's a lot of like staging and what you see where and then a lot of it comes down to what they say is like reproducibility or whatever but we never really had an issue with the nunchucks and the only thing that we had and even even whenever we had the thing with uh Raph putting the sigh into leo's eye it wasn't about the fact that it was a sigh it was just how close it was so mm-hmm. i was like okay but if you remember whenever leo was running away and no, no no when Raph is running away sorry and then he stops and then it was those spikes that come in with like the really like fancy like little ribbons that are on them mm-hmm. those used to be shuriken like they were all like throwing stars and so that was like whop, 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 and it was like really cool and it was like and we had we had one where uh he he got like two of them lodged in a shell it was like a really visceral kind of like really fun kind of like using all that and the mpa Hey, Called us on on the uses of the throwing stars, and they said that it was replicatable. And so we kind of went back with a couple of different. Yeah, it was a very weird call because I don't know where kids can get that. Yeah, you know, you know what how, I mean? like that's you know, kids
2: yeah. always chucking throwing stars around <laughs> yeah, that, that thing they do.
0: <laughs> hey, Mr. Smith, I threw my shuriken in your backyard. Can I? Do <laughs> It's yeah. so, yeah, no. And so, and so, when we changed it to this like nondescript spike that you could find at like any like Lowe's or Home Depot, and they were like, and put a red ribbon on it, they were like, yeah, that's fine. You're like, oh my God, that's like, your kid's gonna find this in your gardening shed or something, but you're worried about replicatability. But whatever, it was a legit weapon. I forget what it's called. It's probably being disrespectful. I don't yeah, know what the um, name of it is? But it was we, a spiky thing.
2: I was talking to um, uh, we mentioned earlier like, uh, Steve Levine, and he he was talking to me about mm. the second movie. how they got like a 65 page like handbook of like all the like terrible offenses of the first movie? and How they had to change them for the second. So it's you know not, really. not using like the weapons, but you know we're just gonna use household items to hit you in the face of course that's so weird <laughs> going well, you know, it's going it's like the things that kids actually have access to
0: it's this bizarre confluence of like a like a, a an art form that's on the rise that was becoming more sophisticated becoming really broad and then it ended up intersecting with an industry that was all built around selling kids plastic right and so somehow the rules kind of got intertwined there for a while and so like it's just so bizarre to me that you can we can say it's a ninja show but we can't actually show them doing anything ninja like it's it's just uh it's i don't know too many rules
2: yeah i mean it's also the silliness of the concepts oh yeah they're teenagers also they're ninjas like it's you know, you know like up, at what up point up are, you upfront, yeah. like, are we really taking this seriously like
0: like at what point are we gonna willingly admit that this is all make-believe
2: uh and that's when we yeah. uh transition into our review of the batman hey <laughs> just be fun That's no. all, all i want <laughs> i haven't seen it yet still but um, it's, it's fine it's it's I just i want more of an adventure i guess like it doesn't have to be like dour 100 percent of the time like he can smile that's yeah. fine let him smile stop being sad always you can yep. be sad 90 percent of the time give me 10 percent of like oh yeah no this is actually kind of enjoyable
0: well it's funny because like their people are more they're more uh they're more apt to look at their villains in a new light as opposed to looking at their sort of heroes
2: in a new light like that you know it's kind of the interesting i don't which, know just which gives, i
1: guess
2: uh, yeah yeah no it, it's it's more good i i enjoyed it more than i disliked it that's that's good yeah it's it's totally fine i i don't you know for you know i i for a guy that um I, I still work in comics like for a guy who had like ran a comic book store and i do this and i still work in the industry it's like my my response is yeah, it's fine
1: It's fine
0: <laughs> yeah. that was, uh, high praise in some circles that's like yeah like listen okay cool we got him. it's good <laughs> hey you're I, not going to get more I, than that don't worry about it
2: I, I paid my money and you know when it comes out on streaming i'll watch it again oh so i guess that kind of transitions into a thought ahead so has this um yeah. this movie kind Kind of found new life since it's gone into uh, the streaming world have you heard like more since like oh yeah it's on HBO max now I think I, I still have, yeah it, I have my blu-ray so I didn't pay attention that closely to where it's streaming but has it found second life there
0: uh it seems to have yeah I mean the uh, blu-ray is a good copy of it too man um but the this it seems to and I, I can't tell if it's just because maybe social media is making it easier for people to contact other people but there's there's definitely been in the past couple of years especially it's really weird it's like now it's, it's getting to be like a lot of kids who watch it when they were kids kids and it was like a kids movie that they went but they everyone's like oh my god it just blew my mind or whatever, whatever. it was so big like, I think a lot of there's a there's a common thing where a lot of kids got taken in the movies because everybody their parents were like oh it's a ninja s- turtle movie or whatever and all of a sudden there's like you know it's all monsters straight out of like ghostbusters and everything so mm-hmm. it's uh it's so I think there's there's a lot of people who that left a heavy impression on but it's funny because everybody's getting to an age you now sort of in like late teens early 20s where I think it's there's a lot more people who are sort of getting to revisit it a lot, which is kind of cool. So you're,
2: yeah. I, I never like really considered that. you're This movie it absolutely has kind of a Ghostbusters vibe to it. It's just like one hundred percent, yeah. I, I, I mean, even even that, yeah, 100% one hundred percent does. Yeah, just these. The, guys the right. license
0: plate originally was supposed to be dude one, but we couldn't do dude one because it was. I guess somebody had that in New York, so we had to do. That's why it's dude oh one on the license plate. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. You get rid of monsters. It's just like these four guys that just kind of have to do it.
0: Yeah, it was. was, Yeah,
2: I never thought about that. it's Totally Ghostbusters.
0: It's it's totally that's the secret to it. And then and then it was funny because then then the week after it opened, I got a phone call from Dan Aykroyd, and we developed a Ghostbusters three take. Oh no, kidding! Whole crazy world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was back when it was going to be an animated. They were looking at maybe doing an animated, and saw Ninja Turtles, and it reminded them of a Ghostbusters movie. And I was like, no shit. That's pretty much the tone that I was going after, uh, and so yeah. It, that's uh, wild. so that was that, that led to this whole yeah, it's a crazy like sort of like the ta- the snake eating its tail kind of
2: moment. To be honest, this is kind of the thing like really like I thought about doing like this interview like a year and a half ago because there was uh, a Ninja Turtles writer uh, Tristan Jones who put out like on Twitter he's like we had some wild ideas like that you guys were never going to see. So I'm curious what the sequels were going to look like because I'm like I want to know these wild ideas. <laughs> like the tri- we oh going? really. T-
0: that's funny yeah no I don't think that I don't think Tristan was no cuz I and ours we never really got out of the gate very far it was really mostly it was it was brainstorming with Tom Tanaka my my sort of my co-director at the time and we would talk a little bit about it with with Mirage but even at that we sort of knew because of the way that the production went that it was just like what was gonna happen uh, if we were gonna get a chance to do the sequel and then all of a sudden then it opened and everybody was really excited about it we had already started doing work on gotcha man at that point uh, or we were doing work on that, and then that ended up not getting out of the gate. And then, and then just during that time, they just kind of kept on pushing back uh, the sequel and just never happened. But like Warner brothers was on board and Weinstein was on board. We got an email from Harvey on that Monday morning. Just wanted to talk about sequel. It was great. But uh, yeah, so we were going to basically, it was the, the, the the thing that we kicked around was that it was going to be about Mikey. This sounds just so derivative now, but, uh, but it was basically going to be just Mikey really just having a hard time finding his place in, in, in the turtles. And it's really just that it was, it was really about him just figuring out what his, what his worth is basically and uh so in the same way that leo went out on his adventure at the beginning that that we sort of met at the beginning of the movie this was sort of inadvertently going to be the uh the the uh the the adventure that mikey took and so it was actually going to end up with him uh joining the foot clan in 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 japan i think (laughs) and it was just going to be this crazy thing and then and then but at that same time then the then the troubles were going to start to brew in the city and then we're going to split the brothers up and then everybody was going to come back for the big old city at war, and and then I think we talked about trying to work the technodrome into the third one. <laughs> that was—I don't even know how we'd pivot it. But if you look at the first movie, I mean, we could have made it work. We could have made it.
2: I mean, why not? It's we just like look this is a it's a silly world like well just, it was i think fun. at that point exactly
0: right now and, and at that point when it was because i think at the beginning you start it and you're like oh i want to make a serious ninja Turtles movie because like this is the chance for us to really you know like sort of show how big and cool and cinematic it is and at the same time like there's also like a really fun crazy tone to the franchise as a whole that when you just take it too seriously it just loses that luster whatever that is right and so i think it, to me that's kind of what the draw because i was really uncomfortable with the idea of that even like it was more like ah, that'd be great right but at the same time you're like turtles in space and i mean, like why not i mean like that's it, it's no less ridiculous than anything else that you it's just how do you present it and so maybe it's good that it never got made. but at the same time there's part of me that
2: i would have loved to play to that, that have cool. no there was i mean when the viacom sale happened it was like uh okay we're, like everything's done yeah it's uh it's yeah and and it's
0: weird it's it's i but it's it shows it shows the strength it's kind of it's probably a parallel to the to like our movie that we did, but it's like the good things remain impenetrable regardless of how whatever people's interests are, whatever the thing like there, there's a core essence to it that's sort of like that that you want to hope prevails. And I think that uh, as a franchise, the core things that have done that have really prevailed through this, it's just a lot of the ways that they're trying to do it. It's very, it's very corporate. It's just like, hey, let's try this, give this a shot. And some of them, but like the Ciro show is like fantastic. And, and so, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm
2: yeah. I mean, I'm happy for him. I, I think everyone did very well with that. Saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. I mean, it, you know, it was just a bummer to like, you know, see the things. It's like, oh, I hope the copy keeps going. And eh, there's like maybe three or four more. Oh, I hope the movies keep going yeah those are done now I there? wish there that they one? would
0: have like a brain trust or something that and I know that they throw that around with so many other like studios and every studio has their brain trust especially when it came to comic books and they're like hey we've got these whatever but if there was somebody there who had that and I don't know how much of it is Feige at this point anyway at Marvel but if you just had that approach right I remember being going to a Marvel meeting just as they were starting to prep for Iron Man and they had this conference room and the entire thing was like a whiteboard that just like went around like an Loop that basically had all these like branching out storylines and so and like it just none of it made sense. I'd love to say like oh I saw that one movie but like I didn't. It was just like whatever this is is really well thought out and they really are working. And you could so do that with the Ninja Turtles. So to me, that's the one hope that I would have with a big entity like that if they could somehow figure out how to do that. The problem is that it's Viacom, Paramount, Nickelodeon, Animation, and it's and I I mean, who even knows what goes on with it. And I I think they just suffer from it's just they don't have that that internal kind of of mechanism i think to to really sort of not milk it that sounds bad but to really sort of i think showcase and, well, to, and to, to give to mine it to
2: like hey here's all yeah this. you know like let's take the best things and make it into something
0: 100 there's a world where we should have a last in movie right alongside like a really goofy like whatever you want to do tmnt jr on nickelodeon jr go for it i think it's great because again the strongest thing about it is the four brothers and as long as, long as you have that like you're always going to have that you're going to have the magic formula to it right and so it's it's just it just comes off as so haphazard when it's not part of a whole plan and it just feels like we're just kind of like throwing spaghetti and so well
2: one of my favorite things that's happening right now and it's not happening very often is um one of the mirage guys jim Lawson. like he he did yeah. um a patreon he's like oh yeah and if you buy this graphic novel i'll also include this ninja turtles fan comic because peter told me i couldn't do anything else so he's just releasing so i was like yeah it's a fan comic like it's a fan uh-huh. <laughs> it's the most it's just such there's a something there lie, and- but it's hilarious and it it's, it's good, really fun
0: that's so funny and i don't even know i don't even know the politics of how that because like when i when i heard about like about the sale and everything and 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 then you immediately think you know you think of peter and you think of, of, of gary and and then and then and then i thought like how does how does that ripple out how does that affect everybody and i'm sure there's a ton of stories there that
2: i know they all got a piece of it i don't know how uh, that pie was split up but everyone got something
0: i would hope at least enough that everyone's at least uh thinks it's 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 reasonable, right? You know? know I, I and I, it's because yeah you think about like just like the keepers that they've been of that when i talk about what 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 viacom paramount could really use it's really what they had at mirage which is like here's your here's your brain trust of people figuring stuff out
2: i think that about does it for me I've, i'm pretty sure that kind of answers all of my <laughs> questions about the movie and ho- and hopefully like i've given the impression like i was also it was kind of wild i was you know, I was, you know, doing my due diligence to do prep and I, I, I re listened to like the commentary track and I was checking out the special features and a few other odds and ends. But the thing that was wild to me was like, oh, this, like how the movie was reviewed. I'm like, and I'm not a guy who's like, the reviewers are always wrong, but I'm like, oh no, I think people kind of fucked up on this one. Like, this movie's kind of great.
0: It's, uh, yeah, it, I think it, it suffers from, or, it, it's challenged, I guess, by the subject matter. I think the challenge to it is that uh, you could argue with neither fish nor fowl, I guess, if you really wanted to say, like, is it like a hardcore comic book movie or is it a, you know, Ninja Turtle kind of goofy movie? But that's kind of the key to what franchise is. And I think, you know, no, so that... it, it it probably reflects that, I think, a little bit. But it's uh...
2: I, I was kind of surprised because I, I didn't i don't know if i was really cognizant of it at the time I'm like oh no this movie like this movie rocks i like this movie it's it's totally enjoyable it's good i can like sit down and just watch it and that's it's cool. fun like yeah i really i mean i'm a relatively critical viewer of things just yeah by you know education and trade and whatnot but i know yeah. i can totally just sit down and watch this and it's fun it's enjoyable that's i think right. um one of the harder things to do in this realm especially is to like oh can like a kid watch it can an adult watch it can everyone enjoy yeah. it like not to like shit on like the batman but like when that movie when i watched it and like you know lights come up i saw a couple of like little kids there i'm like hmm don't think you should be here <laughs>
0: and it's a funny one right and then that that age has just been dropping and all of a sudden you get Guardians of the galaxy and then you're like well then that that kind of makes it even more accessible for kids. it's like you just how much sugar can you add to it to sort of, until it becomes this sort of like monster energy drink that like you're like is it for kids or adults i'm not really sure no i think nobody should be touching them.
2: there's a fun if you can hit the balance I i think this movie does a really good job of hitting that kind of like that aspect where everyone can kind of come in and enjoy it and it's it's really solid i mean it works well as a sequel to the like early 90s movies it stands alone by itself like this fun time stuff like i really it's just i think it's a really solid package and it's really enjoyable and you know it's it was so fun to watch like when i saw it and i was in college when it came out Mm -hmm. and just like getting into that theater sitting down watching this movie it was it was a blast and it's that's cool it's still really enjoyable to like revisit you know every couple of years and just
0: that's really cool yeah i now you make me want to revisit myself that's cool
2: no it's fun I really I mean you know if I'm I'm you know I'm a turtles fan and all that stuff and it's just it's just a good time that's and it's really cool that's I don't know. There's a rewatchability factor to it that I think really gets built into its DNA. And I really like it. And I don't know, I don't know what to tell you other than that. Like it's just, it's, it's good, solid fun. It's totally rewatchable. I, you know, I love that it made its way into the world. I appreciate that, man. Thank you very
0: much. It's, it's one of those things where it's, uh, it's, I have such a close relationship to it for so many reasons. Right. It's, uh, and so, you know, the good stuff is so good and, and so untouchable and, and, then the stuff that I want to fixate on and, and and is is entirely blown out of proportion compared to what oh. the actual you know whatever it is and people are experiencing and so i get that and so it's been it's been an exercise in uh in humility and just kind of just getting to listen to what uh what it means to people good and bad and so it's it's been really cool i think i understand like
2: i can never revisit anything i've done ever for any yeah, reason guys, yeah. <laughs> like nope never yeah, gonna look at that again because yeah, i'm gonna look at it are the flaws
0: yeah it's and it, and it's hard and it's one of those and I just i'm only now i think barely starting to scratch being able to do that and just Uh, just try and I'm realizing it's more about the headspace you're in while you're doing it as opposed to like figuring out how to adjust your headspace after it's done because if you can do it in whatever headspace creates that feeling or or alleviates those feelings when it's done at least I know know, I don't have to win every battle I just have to know that I went about each battle the way that I really wanted to go about you know
2: so I guess before we leave is there anything you want to plug anything you want to like point into people just direct people to something that was a really great (laughs) sentence I just said it
0: came across so
2: clear and smooth
0: <laughs> no you know what listen uh, i i i would love to say that i have a, a bunch of stuff to plug but i am coming off of a year of uh, of cancer treatment uh, and I'm feeling great and I'm yeah. cancer free and we are getting a bunch of projects up and going right now. And so if anything, I would point uh, somebody towards the, uh, the, the, the colon cancer uh, alliance if we can on, uh, on Instagram, check them out and it's colon cancer awareness month as well. And so I don't think uh, we could
2: be aware enough. Yeah. No, I and mean, um, I I didn't want to push it in case you wanted, wanted to, or not want to bring that up. Cause I mean, I follow you on Instagram oh, yeah. and I've seen that stuff, but yeah, for any organization that, we'll do that. Cause that's, um, I don't know, scary, scary stuff.
0: Uh, it was, it was big. I just realized I didn't follow you back. I bet. Um, no, no, no. I, I totally thought I did. It was really fun. Um, yeah. And so, uh, no, it was yeah, it was uh it was ever it was as big as you think it would be and and it was as as mundane and just sort of every day trying just to get through kind of as 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 you'd expect at the same time. So it was I was I was very lucky. I ended up uh having a bunch of realizations, including uh how awesome my family is, uh how lucky I am to uh to be here on the planet and uh and have conversations like this, you know? It's like it's really kinda cool. It's it's like you can you get so caught up in all of like the BS of making the movie and how it comes out and how how it gets interpreted and blah 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 and then like and then it's just good and you just have a conversation you're about like hey i'd like the movie you're like that's great and then you just like <laughs> kind of like and it like seriously it's like it's like just life's that good so let's just like keep on making movies and telling stories about
2: them i mean scary stuff but i'm very happy to hear that you know you are now cancer free and thank you man. Yeah, yeah me yeah. too <laughs> yeah, i'm sure <laughs> i have um no. I've had some, you know, family members and whatnot. Which, yeah, no, if everything has you know, worked out as well as they could have. Yeah, but it's certainly a you know scary point in time.
0: It is, and it's one of those things too. I think, and and that's the one thing that I'm trying to, I'm I'm starting to do a little bit of work with that organization as well. And and it's really just about just early detection. I think for most all of it, and it's we just live in such a, a, a time when it's just so easy just not to sort of listen to warning signs or not even or just even just get just get checked up. And because half these things would be like by the time I got I got. Diagnosed, I've been living with it. Apparently, they said almost like six years. And so, and 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 if I had if I had gone and had a scan before that, they could have found it and might not have been quite so, you know, stage three B sort of that it was, right? And so, I think that's the the reassuring thing about all of this. That I think a lot of it can be can be prevented uh, if if you just get get screened early. So that's my March. That's my March rant.
2: No, it's um (laughs) um, more than an important message. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. I really do and enjoy the film and i you know look forward to whatever future projects you do because you know you, you hooked my interest well like fifth christ the movie's gonna be on its 15th yeah, anniversary in a couple of weeks <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. you know you hooked oh me 15 God. years ago i'm in on it so i look forward to everything that you do thank you for doing hey, this thank you so much that's great i really appreciate that
3: good job i'm proud of you <laughs> you use your english language words you weren't starstruck uh, i did i've flubbed one sentence so bad at the very end which you all we were fanboying heard. no
2: it was like do you have anything to plug and or point people the direction to and or
3: of that's you know <laughs> it was a bad sentence <laughs> but beyond that and you're an english major your degree is in english done speaking oh whatever it's in writing all right oh well, good job hope you Film. enjoyed that let's go to the editors uh letters to the editors now it is the last segment
2: of the show letters oh my god editors. i'm exhausted How long has this bad boy been going on a while yes hey super back show all right i lost the audio there it is it's here we're back okay
3: we didn't go anywhere this will be edited out it's only we left moving on to letters to the editors a lot of questions
2: number one damn few answers here's another one of your letters to the editors make it so
3: you doing my back needed a little tweaking all right it was tight for new comics
2: readers could you suggest a hardcover book for them to start out with I don't know. It has to be hardcover, but hey. Okay. Which, to be fair, like, I'm a big, like, I'm not a huge comics collector per se. Like, I don't have a lot of floppy issues, but boy, do I have a lot of graphic novels. Yes, you do. <laughs> I like to, I, I view comics as a readable asset versus a collectible item. Fair enough. But then you ask me about comic art. I'm like, buy it all. Yeah. As I said, you have a ton of comic art. I don't have a ton. You have a lot. I have. An acceptable collection. Yes. I am not a high the highest of high end, but you know, I gotta you have a fair fair amount. I got like three pieces that would raise an eyebrow. Yes. And then the rest. hmm It would be like, ooh, there's just stuff.
3: I think the order in which if your house were burning would be would be art, wife, dog.
2: Oh, if the house is burning down, I'm grabbing some of that art and then claiming it burned and then selling it. <laughs> <laughs> there's no evidence <laughs> of your fraud. <laughs> Look, it's too expensive. But hardcover. Uh or just graphic novel. This is something that's come up before, the idea of, like, what should I get to, like, start with? And I've always said, like, just channel surf. Like, buy a couple of things, see what's clicking with you. Yeah. But, but if we're talking about
3: collections, what do you think? I would think... Uh, I,
2: I got a couple in mind, but what do you think?
3: Well, when you first got me going, the New 52, the hardcover that you gave me there, That what was the hard first hardcover I read? New Frontiers probably New Frontier, yes. The Darwin Cook one yeah that was a good reset on everything but
2: yeah i agree that's also like one of my favorite comics of all time yeah darwin cook's new frontier which is supposed to be kind of um the bridge between the golden age and the silver age like getting into the justice league and it's solid and um the version i have also has like some additional backup
3: stuff and And the paper quality feels like old-timey comic book paper it just yeah
2: new frontier is a really good one and i don't Care what edition you get in it, but I think that is a very good introductory book. It it has modern sensibility. It, well, it has modern writing with like classic sensibilities. I think is the way to put
3: it. Did I give a really good answer just now? Yeah, New Frontier is definitely one of them. For there me. you go. I would say that um, any one of the classic Batman runs would yeah. be a good place. I would. Say they're kind of. <laughs>
2: Maybe three for Batman that I would point to. Like, maybe say, do Bat, which we haven't done on the show, do Batman Year One, just because, you know, obviously it's kind of an origin thing. Uh, do Batman The Long Halloween and Batman Hush for kind of the same reasons. Like, you get introduced to like a cavalcade of characters. Ooh, good,
3: good, uh, good uh, alliteration. But
2: they just bring in a lot of aspects of the character with kind of these uh stories that have stood the test of time so yeah for, I mean, if you're gonna try it like a batman it's like do batman year one do long halloween or do hush
3: i kind of also would say civil war
2: uh i think
3: it's a uh, maybe uh, you need a little more background knowledge
2: yeah there's a lot going on there uh we just talked about recently what what do we do we did spider-man blue i would say
3: oh yeah that was good um any of
2: those in long halloween is also by the same creative team of like jeff Loeb and tim sale but yeah. doing like uh you know spider-man blue hulk gray daredevil yellow like it's just updating old stories into something new which i think would definitely be up there i approve i don't know i think those are good examples of just stuff to you know if you if you want to dip your toe it's like oh let's try something like solid i think those are goodies depending on the age Uh, something i always this is getting a little bit away from the idea of like getting a hardcover graphic novel but like something i always liked and something i wish that companies would do more of And uh dc's doing a little bit right now with batman but of being able to find stories that are just one-offs versus like this is part 18 of this epic story if you you can find something especially if you go to you know a local comic book store if you say like hey like just give me a one-off they'll probably be able to find you something or depending on what age you are like whenever people would come in, like, I have a 10-year-old who wants to get into comics. I'm like, just get him a Star Wars. There you go. G- getting them a Star Wars is always just an easy... Like, kids love Star Wars. It- it's always an easy sell. Yes. But that's it. All right.
3: Episode 301 in the bank. And I'm the one who really answered the question. Good for you. All right. Well, if you enjoyed the show, please uh, help us out. Go to patreon.com slash editor's note comics. Dollar month gets you the day- the show the day we record it. Plus, you get some Access behind the paywall, again, patreon.com slash editor's note comics. If you want to email the show your questions, the mailbag can always use a little fluffing up. Uh, email us at editor's note comics. I like that term. G- the, the mailbag could use more stuffing. Still too porny. The mailbag could use more content. There we go, less porny. The mailbag could use more of your missives. Some more of your written correspondence. Editor's note comics at gmail.com. Stuff the mailbag. <laughs> Just shove it in there.
2: <laughs> fill, oh, God, no. Stop. Fill Stop. Fill it up.
3: Fill the bag with your letters, questions, comments, etc. Plus, you can find Zach on social media at Editor's Note Comics.
2: Great. What? What a way to go out.
3: What? I thought it was a fine way to express that the bag was depleted and it needed more. Just, you're, you're just ram your
2: emails in there. <laughs> You're the, you're the worst. I'm so glad you weren't part of the interview. <laughs>
3: cut you out of an hour. Just kicked you out. Yeah, it's pretty much. <laughs> Actually, right. I was in the interview, and he edited around me. <laughs> and then cut in the really good questions as if they were his own. All right,
2: yeah, you're on Twitter.
3: Uh, at Junior Rich. We'll be back next week. I don't know for what. Slide, slide into our DMs. What DMs? What DMs are there? Editor, uh, comics at gmail.com. Slide into the mailbag. So just an email it's just a regular email which i never get to see so i'm
2: not giving you access to my email
3: password no especially (laughs) especially after what i told people to do to it uh we'll be back next week i don't know what we're doing but it's gonna be something i should start using the email account to sign up for spammy things and just load it up i get enough spam
2: all (laughs) right we'll be back next week more comics more stuff welcome to the second
3: half of 300 how's the second half of 300 i don't
2: know we're going for that's our goal now 600 episodes oh
3: so after 600 episodes we'll be done I guess. <laughs>
2: All right. 600 is <laughs> right, the goal. Bye. Oh. <laughs>